march through the lonely earth for me Climb through the briar and bramble I'll be your treasure I felt the touch of the kings and the breath of the wind I knew the call of all the songbirds They sang all the wrong words I'm waiting for you I'm waiting for you Become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. You're listening to Entertainment Landfill. Film, television, pop culture. It's where you find it. To another edition of the um, Entertainment Landfill Show. Woohoo! I am your host, the Jstrom. How's it going? And uh, this is a show where we talk about film, television, and pop culture. But I don't do it alone. I also do it with Stephen the Pop Culture Zealot. What's up, everyone? Hello, Stephen. Hello, Jstrom. And it's not just a duo affair. No, no, no. Not just me and Stephen. We also have Mulberry Bill. The Mummery Historian! It's a love triangle. Hello, Bill! Hello. Yes, this show is a trifecta, if you will. There you go. A triptych? A triptych, even? (laughs) It's a tequila sunrise. Oh, nice. Love triangle, see? Oh, Kurt Russell and Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. Who would you Stevens? Stevens, Goldie Hawn? No, wait, it wasn't Goldie Hawn in that one. It was Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Or is Goldie Hawn re- was burnt on a wire. I'll always remember this. This guy in high school. I, I don't know why certain stupid shit never leaves your brain, but he called Michelle Pfeiffer Michelle Pfeiffer, and it drove Pfeiffer. me effing crazy. <laughs> was that uh, Better Off Dead where the mom called Perrier Perrier? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I won't, uh, misery Dom Perignon. Oh, Dom Perignon. Mm. So how's it going, guys? It's great to see you, fellows, my friends. Hola, mi amigos. I'm and, tired. Oh no! And I, and I don't even—I don't even get to. St- I have to start school on Monday, so I'm just like, ugh. Ah, uh, school. <laughs> school sucks. Yeah, it I does. hated school when I was in school, and now I'm 36 and back in school, and I hate it more. Come on, Bill, you're too cool for school, man. I know, I really am. That's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> It's like, man, I'm too cold for this school. Screw these people. Man, I couldn't imagine. I have no discipline, you know. Neither do I. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> how, how bad does homework suck? Seriously. Oh, my God. I spent I spent four hours coloring muscles because now 
this semester we're in the physical dysfunction and mental illness that so you know that you would have to treat whenever you're an occupational therapist and i spent way too much time coloring individual muscles different colors Why do you have to color muscles well it says i have to color them in each each one in a different color to help learning I, all it's doing oh, is it's, frustrating the hell out of it's me. It's to help you identify the muscles and separate them from each other and that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Instead you, of just you, painting them all blood red. You told me that earlier, like I'm coloring muscles. I pictured you, box of crayons spilled out on a table, <laughs> and you're like going away. You got your thumb, you know, your tongue sticking out, and you're going, mm, and you're like, No, I did a couple of that, but I was using the, these expensive... Pre, what is it? Prima Prisma, color? Prisma. Prisma color that I bought Natalie with the, those uh, coloring books, those adult coloring books like Lost Ocean and Enchanted Forest and Oh, yeah, those Secret. Prisma colors are nice. I remember I had the uh, that friend Leonard in high school. He could – those Prisma colors, it would almost look like an airbrush the way you – Yeah, it's awesome because it's that there. soft core. I've got so it it all depends on the pressure you put to it, and yeah. it's, it's it's really they're amazing. I hated even using them because I felt bad. Like, why am I using this on this shit? I, <laughs> like, I was in my head. I'm thinking I should really just go to Staples and buy a fifteen dollar box of like Stadler. I wish or you something. would use just crayons. I just think it would be awesome. The kind with the little crayon sharpener in the middle. Yep. And then whenever thing? I go into class on Monday, go, I made this. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, when I was a kid, I don't know if you guys were like this, but you know, the sharpener was cool, but I always had to rip the box open and just take it out because <laughs> I I must yeah. see this. And, yeah, it's you got to you got to see it. It's like they're hiding something, like a yeah. like a Cracker Jack prize. I always had to break shit open to look inside of it. You know, I would tear the the cereal box open so that I could look at the bottom of the bag to see where the prize was. <laughs> but, yeah, and it's good. Yeah, because back in the day, they used to glue the bag into the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, they used to put the prize in with the cereal, but then they yeah, started in with the, on cereal. the outside of the cereal, you know? But I guess people were like, is that, is that sanitary? Or <laughs> Absolutely. What, what's the stuff we're shoveling into our mouths is that sanitary to begin with? Yeah. Do we trust manufacturers all through time when we were kids? Like, how much shit was didn't in? didn't even think about well, it. Well, I, <laughs> lost, I lost all trust for cereal manufacturers when they switched the formula of the monster cereals from oat to corn, yeah. that was it. That was – I'll never forget. One year I was like, oh, booberry's back. I'm going to buy it. Bought it. Tried it. This is not my booberry. Yeah. We need to time travel to buy those things again, right? <laughs> and I was complaining about it to a random person in the grocery store. I'm that person. He's like <laughs> – I just don't like it anymore. It's it's not the same as when I was a kid. It's in it's not oat anymore. And the lady's like, sugar in them. Yeah, that's because these cereals are for people that are gluten intolerant. I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is like uh, corn based now. Also. Yeah, because it's cheaper. Gluten intolerant people. Yeah, everything is like um, in uh, Interstellar now, right? Yeah. We all put our and pre- plates It's so funny. Down. Natalie and I were talking about that the other day. Like, pretty soon we're all going to be going through a freaking blight from the amount of shit we're using up. <laughs> well, you know what? I, what? This is the craziest thing because CES is this week, and I haven't really paid that much attention to it. The most I paid attention to was that 
a 4K Blu-ray player from Samsung will be $399, which is a good sign because if you yeah. remember, Blu-ray players when they came out were $1,000. Yeah, oh my God. The thing that blew my socks off was the Oculus Rift being $600. That yeah. was just the ultimate kick in the balls. It's like, I thought you people wanted us to adopt this technology. <laughs> and, then, and then the other kick in the balls was when the Kickstarter was going on, I was like a, a, a freaking... A, a minuscule amount away from actually funding like the 350 for the uh, development kit right and i uh i almost did it and then i didn't do it and now i hear that the people that actually did it are getting the 600 dollars headset for free holy shit yeah, so I was like, screw you guys. <laughs> like, I, I, it pissed me off to no end because I'm going to have oh, to upgrade my computer to begin with to run the thing. <laughs> and then it's going to cost me $600? Wow. No, so I won't be getting an Oculus Rift for a while. Hopefully uh, Sony's PlayStation VR will be... Uh, yeah, what is it uh, called? Able to hold me over. I, they called it Project Morpheus for the longest time, but I don't even think they go along with that name anymore. Oh, yeah. Morpheus. Yeah, yeah, I don't think the so. Red pill or the blue pill, asshole. It's just VR now, right? Yeah, it's but, PlayStation but VR. If, if you had an Oculus Rift right now, what could you play on it? There's all kinds of really cool shit. Like, there's there's entire forums that are set up. Uh, like rejiggering games, and uh, there's a, there's a handful of stuff that's on Steam. Steam has just like a VR section. Uh, there's like this Eve, this was it Eve Valkyrie or something. And do you trust somebody not to come up and slap you when you have that VR thing on and you're playing? No, not at all. <laughs> just whack! Oh, dude! Oh, you take it off, and they're like. <laughs> Emma does this thing now where she comes up behind me when I'm on the computer. She goes, hey. And I'm like, oh! It scares the crap out of me. She thinks it's so funny. I was like, you're going to kill me one of these days. Oh, my God. It's not funny. But, uh, yeah, you're totally If vulnerable. I die, you're going to have to live with that the rest of your life. I killed my father. <laughs> but if I'm doing uh, VR, it's going to have to be, okay, lock the door, padlock it, and I'm sealed in my room. <laughs> Nobody can mess yeah. with me now. Uh, it's going to be like Ready Player One where I'm going to have my own room, my own chair. You're going to have a overturned van that you're inside my ha- of. My haptic gloves. and <laughs> Yeah. By the way, did you hear about, uh, they said somebody was cast in uh, in Ready Player One? Somebody was cast in a movie that's being made? Yeah, Ben Mendelsohn is going to allegedly cast as the villain in uh, Ready Player One, which, if you remember, was the guy who worked for the Sixers company. He's a real asshole. Oh, I would have liked to have seen him as, like, uh, Anorak or something. Yeah, give well, him a good. Don't make him an asshole in everything. He's a great actor. It says allegedly. Maybe they're wrong. You know, people. I hope are they are wrong. Often are wrong. Are, uh, often, often wrong, wrong about everything. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So uh, anyway, yeah, I guess we won't be doing the uh, VR anytime soon. But I was excited to see. Because for a while, every, all we've had is this drone technology, drones everywhere, HD cameras. And actually, the technology is pretty solid. Those things fly pretty awesome. 
Right. And I was thinking, like, oh, my God, that's how we're going to have the technology to have flying cars just adopt the same technology as drones but make it larger, right, with the quadcopter is what I'm talking about. If they made that large enough for you to sit in, that thing could fly feasibly, couldn't it? Theoretically. Well, at CES, they had a mock-up of one where you could sit in and pilot it. So, like... Those things look dangerous. Like, they even made a drone that's covered in styrofoam so that the rotors won't kill you or yeah. put your eye out. I'm telling and, you, man, uh, it may not the be one an blade goes out and all of a sudden you flip over upside down and smash into the ground. Exactly. <laughs> when we're in our 80s, we're going to look out the window of our homes that we're in. You know, we'll be in the... Hopefully our families visit us and stuff, but we'll see. And people are in flying cars. And we're like, I'm too old. Damn you. That's going to suck, isn't it? No, you go get the fountain youth of youth Wait, shot. You're too, old of, you're too old for a flying car? You would think by then they would fly themselves so we could have one. Well, by then, the only time you get to ride in flying cars is to the hospital as you're... <laughs> <laughs> So morbid. It's the new ambulance. Where is this coming from? But then they'll have pills where we're free of all uh, disease and stuff, right? Yeah, it's, you'll have the limitless pill. Awesome. You'll be the smartest old son of a bitch has decided. So, to, you know, sometimes my dad is too logical. He, I was telling him, you know, he should watch Limitless. It's a good show. And I was like, you might like it. I'm not sure if you will, because I know certain shows he's not going to sit through. And he goes, well, I saw the movie, and the premise is ridiculous about you only use a certain percentage of your brain, and now this pill, why does the pill wear off, and all the smarts that you had just goes away? I'm like, well, you kind of remember it. You just don't have the capacity to use your 100%. It doesn't work like that, Jason. I'm like, Dad, it's a show, okay? You don't have to watch it. In fact, no, don't watch it, okay? I never want to have this conversation again. But it's just like... You analyze too much or whatever, and it's just ridiculous. And sure, a lot of entertainment that we ingest is ridiculous if you sit and analyze it for a second. It's about what you can put up with, you know, or, you know, the term, Stephen, suspension of disbelief. (laughs) And apparently with any kind of brain pills, my dad has no suspension of disbelief. (laughs) That's just not how it works. Okay. Well, it's like everything that I well, used to describe. Well, the Matrix was a brain you pill, got right? that shit on your own, son. Did you say the Matrix? Yeah, it took you out of your into out but of the. That's a that's a my dad says everything's like the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I think it's funny you brought that up because whenever you go, well, tell me what's it like. Well, you see, you know, you're is this guy. It sounds like the Matrix. I'm like, just forget. <laughs> so anyway, Bell, good stuff, huh? How's baby doing back there? She will not stop barking. Can you hear? Yeah. I'm, well, it's not bad. It's just hilarious whenever I do notice it. I, my dogs are going to go off here in about uh, 30 minutes when the pizza delivery guy comes. Oh, shut but they're just going to bark because they're excited because they think it's Taylor Negron. But he's dead. Mr. Pizza Guy? Mr. Pizza Guy. All right, Bill. Rumors of a Star Wolf's Star Wolf Star Wolf Star Wolf Yeah, this movie called Star Wolf's coming out, Bill. It's awesome. That sounds Japanese. Rumors of a Star Wars spin-off movie focusing on the adventures of Obi-Wan Kenobi between the events of Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope have been circulating since 
Disney announced there would be a spinoff. I don't remember that. I've never heard this before. But now there's rumors. Who made this shit up? <laughs> now there's rumors that they're talking to Ewan McGregor about doing a Obi-Wan Kenobi trilogy, which sounds a little... A trilogy? If they said... If it was going to be, if they wanted to do an Obi Wan Kamu, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, Obi Wan Kamubi, Kamubi, it's it's a guy. It's, it's an not Obi Wan Kenobi. Kenobi. It's Kenobi. 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 He is. Uh, if they did an anthology after the Han Solo one, I could see that because if you think about it, at the end of Revenge of the Sith and at the beginning of A New Hope, there's a lot of years there, isn't there? There's like yes, what. How much time passes between Revenge of the Sith and the New Hope Bell? Is it like 30 years? 20 years? 20. How old is Luke in A New Hope? No, he, he was, uh, what, in his probably late teens, early 20s. Was Luke wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. I had to take my headphones off for a second. How old was Are Luke you... in A New Hope? Obi-Wan? No, or Luke. Luke. Oh, I was going to say, uh, probably in his, I would say he was 16. Because I'm measuring how much time between the end of Revenge of the Sith, he takes Luke to Tatooine and gives it to Uncle Owen and, no, I gives it to Joel Edgerton and Aunt Beru. And then... Uh, <laughs> I love how the actress, you have no idea what her name is. I have is. no idea who Aunt Beru is, but I know Joel. it's Joel Edgerton was Uncle Owen. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that's funny. That was Joel Edgerton? And that guy was great. He barely had shit to do in the movie. But um, how much time passed for uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi to have an adventure there on Tatooine or something? I would say like 16 years. That's plenty of time because most movies don't span 16 years. They span like three days or something. So you could get a trilogy out of that. I immediately thought of um, like the Clone Wars stuff. Was it uh, Satine? The uh, Mandalorian Sabine, Sabine, mm-hmm. Sa- yeah, it was I, Duchess. I don't have to look it up, but uh, but I think she ends up dying in the Clone Wars. So I was like, that probably wouldn't go oh, well. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, Satine, Lady Satine, the yeah. Mandalore. I was thinking you were talking about Sabine, the Mandalore oh, from, from Star Rebels. Wars Rebels. No, yeah, Lady no, Satine, so- who Obi Wan Kenobi was. Basically, you could say he loved her, but he showed no kind of... He couldn't act on it because, you know... So it was too late. Yeah. If you're a Jedi, you might as well be born without anything down there because you can't Yeah, you might as well be a eunuch. And that's what I hope... Or you turn into a Sith if you use it. (laughs) If you use it, sex is bad. (laughs) But uh, I would love for the new trilogy to have, like... You know, maybe this whole dark light stuff's not working for us, and we can just, like, hey, we can have possessions and family and stuff like that. Because they kind of messed with that in the EU, didn't they, Bill? How great would Absolutely, it be? Absolutely, yeah. How great would it be if they, Luke was like, this isn't working? And They realized that, uh, I think that was... Uh, a- that was also part of like the whole final season of uh, Clone Wars with the Yoda stuff, like where yeah. he realized that that <laughs> disconnection is exactly what kind of killed the Jedi. Right, and if you think about it, the original trilogy at no time did Yoda go possessions you cannot have. You can't be in love with anyone. He didn't say any of that shit. That shit, George Lucas retcon when he did the prequels, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, no. They're not allowed to have possessions. They're like priests. They're, first, I thought the samurai were in, influenced the Jedi, right? 
Right. Do you tell yeah. me Jedi didn't go? I mean, Jedi. You tell me Samurai never had sex or anything? Please look at Lone Wolf and Cub. Where do you think he found that Just baby? Just the evil samurais. <laughs> <laughs> the dark samurais. <laughs> but no, there weren't like. Um... Wait, was it Samurai and then Ninja were their enemy? I'm just going by popular Western movies. I have no <laughs> like, idea. Like Ninjas movie, are just was, hard as hell. It was the Foot yeah. Clan. Like, uh, you would hire a Samurai to work on to protect your land, right? That was a Ronin, right? Oh, well, that was a Masterless Samurai. A Samurai okay. without a Master is a Ronin. They need Ronin Jedi. You know, you're not on the dark side, but, you know, I'm not... There were Ronin Jedi in the uh, in the expanded universe. Right. If you study that culture, there's a lot of cool stuff better than... Uh, can't have possessions, you know. I think the coolest part of the expanded universe was that they had dark Jedi. They were Jedi that, that straddled the whole idea of uh, dark and light. Yeah. That um, were... They were basically the Ronin. Yeah, they were. They, I never want to see Luke's, okay, let's all sit in a circle here and talk really quietly about things, you know. <laughs> like, please don't let that happen. It's just so boring. When you when you were a kid and you heard about the Jedi, your imagination ran wild. You know, you thought it was so cool. And um, it, it just was so boring when you saw the movie. I mean, they did make it much better in the in the Clone Wars series. They showed the Jedi doing more. But also you could see how, how, like, these guys are kind of lame, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it was, was it Asajj Ventress turns into a dark Jedi? Yeah, she was she was a Padawan. or uh, I don't know if he, she ever got taken to Coruscant, but a Jedi took her under her wing when he found she was Force-sensitive, and he started training her, and then he was killed. And then, you know, she couldn't control her anger, basically. She was really angry and stuff like that. And uh, She was so angry. And then, you know, Count Dudu found her and made her his apprentice, secret apprentice, right? And when Palpatine finds out about it, he's pretty pissed off. Oh, man. <laughs> Why do you guys make me feel like such a nerd? <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's really cool is uh, this week I've been listening to this book uh, from uh, the leader of uh, Soka Gokai. This, uh, Who? Uh, area. It's an area of Buddhism. And there's a term in Buddhism called dukkha, and it's Sanskrit. And it's the, the term for that translates to suffering or anxiety, stress, or uh, unsatisfactory. Right. Like, and I was just like, dukkha. And, I, oh, gee, I wonder where George Lucas got uh, uh, dukkha or uh, what, what? Dukkha. You know, yeah, like where he got that from. Yeah. So it was like Darth, Darth it, Dukkha. It's some book he looked Count, through while Count he's Duca. on the toilet, Bill. That's what it was. Okay, he was just sitting, he was just sitting on the shitter and went. Like, this is a great name. <laughs> hey, Dooku. But I will say this: I do actually like the idea of an Obi Wan the later years with Ewan McGregor. I think that'd be cool. There was he, there was nothing wrong with him in the prequels except for you know what his you know the dialogue he had to speak or whatever. <laughs> it wasn't Ewan McGregor's fault. We all know he's a good actor. Am I right? Right. Yeah, he's a great actor. He just had to deal with a really bad situation. I remember the. It's in Attack of the Clones. He says, "R four, eject the spare part canisters." And I'm like, 
Did you just say that line? Like, the most unnatural sounding sentence you've ever said in your life. Yeah. R4 eject the spare part canisters. Can you please say this as wooden as possible? Because <laughs> yes. I don't want any emotion in this. I can see you and McGregor in his dressing room. R4 eject the spare parts. No, no, no. How can I punch this up and make it sound more it's natural? It's kind of that moment on the red carpet when they told him the name of the second Star Wars film. <laughs> and all of all of the 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 lines that he's had to say came flashing back to him and he's like this really this oh my god what am i doing yeah it's called what, attack what of the clones and he's thinking his line you and object the spare part canisters yeah <laughs> he looks at nicole kidman and he's just like what the <laughs> i've got to say what and you know i remember it was a while ago but there was some like clickbaity article where it says like uh Ewan McGregor slammed Star Wars fans. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. What does he say? And he didn't at all. What he's saying is he hates when he can tell when someone has him sign something that they're not a Star Wars fan. They're just some asshole who wants to sell his autograph. And he's sick of it. And he didn't slam Star Wars fans at all. But that was the headline that got me to click on the article, you know? Sure. Gotta so, love a good clickbait. Yeah, like, oh, they got me again! What if every time you clicked on one of those, they would actually, you know, <laughs> they would reel you in and actually eat you for dinner? You'd be screwed, up with you? a hook in your mouth. <laughs> Fished in! Fished in! You know, I want to talk to you guys about a series that Heather and I watched last Sunday. On this, is, We found it totally on accident. I was... Making a murderer. No. Oh, I haven't watched everyone's that watching that shit. Everyone else has watched that. We didn't. I said, <laughs> hey, let's watch something on Netflix. And she's like, okay, let me look at the, the thing and I'll find something. I'm like, oh, God, we're never going to watch anything because it's just going to be <laughs> scroll, scroll, scroll. The never-ending Netflix queue. Stop, read about it. Scroll, 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 scroll. Stop, read about it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go for a while and you can tell me. <laughs> and I actually did. I went and got us something to eat and I came back and she was watching something. I was like, wait, you found something in here? She goes, no, I just started watching this series called The Detectorists. And uh, I will just eat while watching that and then we'll start something else. And I was like, okay. Well, it's a series by Mackenzie Crook. He created it. I don't know. Do you guys know who that is? He's the real kind of skeletal-looking guy from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He played one of the dead guys. Yes. He was also been in Game of Thrones. Oh, he was in Almost Human. He was like the 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 android guy who would fix the robot and stuff in almost yeah he was he's been in a lot of stuff he always he was in the original office he i think he was the original dwight oh yeah 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 okay so he created the show and it's about metal detector people that they're called detectorists who what they do is they go out every day it's their hobby and they go around with their metal detectors and it's starring him and toby jones and nice. It's the most laid back kind of quiet show you've ever seen, but it has really great dry humor to it. They're always competing with these guys who work for the university who are more official. Like they'll spy on them if they think they found some kind of site to dig on. They'll go, oh, "Sorry, you can't come here. We've got official papers. You guys got to get off the land." They're like, "Damn it!" You know. <laughs> but their big thing is one day. They're going to find gold. They know it. They were going to find some kind of treasure, and that's what they've been searching for. But, you know, one guy's wife puts up with them always out in a field going, beep, 
beep. And it's so funny. They're always like, hey, you found something. And they're like, all right. And they get down. They dig with a shovel. And they pull it up. And uh, it's a Hot Wheel. <laughs> it's like, or bottle cap. It's yeah. like never anything. But the show is really good. I really liked it. It's only six episodes because, you know, UK can only do six episodes at a time for some reason. Yes, and they love to call them series, yeah. not seasons. So the series one is on Netflix, and of course, six 30-minute episodes, you can binge watch that fast. Oh, yeah. Heather was like, how do we watch season two? And I'm like, I guess we wait a year for it to <laughs> show up on Netflix? And she's like, no! Then we read online that there was even a Christmas special, and I'm like, eh, we'll probably never see that either until a year from now or two years. But still, it's a great show, and I recommend it. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll definitely check it out whenever I. Uh, there's so many things I have I to mean, finish watching. I still have to finish watching Bloodline. <laughs> Heather watched finished that without me because uh, you know I was like, eh, I don't know. I felt like killing myself after every episode. It's a very tense show, and you're just kind of dreading what's going to happen. But she, Heather, watched that in a weekend. She got through that, and. Uh, yeah, the most I've like I binge watched like Jessica Jones really fast and stuff like that. But I uh, haven't watched that. Has anybody I watched, watched it? Did you watch Ash versus Evil Dead? I'm about no. halfway through. I I finished that. They had the the finale on a Saturday, and I really like it. I really enjoy it. But I do have some problems with it, and you'll think it's silly when I tell you. And it's this, and it's it's just really stupid, and I'm kind of like thought about it like i love that the show exists i love that we can see ash in a regular series my problem with it and it's really stupid is that there are no rules as to what can happen uh just any crazy shit can happen it's like a cartoon and it's hard for me like i'm trying to get on a solid ground to experience it i don't i don't know what it's kind of like remember in evil dead 2 or Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2, when it's daylight, the evil goes away. Right. Yeah. Remember, it drives... In this show, anything can happen at any time, daytime, nighttime, whatever. You just always have to be whatever. And I'm kind of like, they need rules, you know? It would be kind of like The Walking Dead where, yeah, if you shoot him in the head, it kills a zombie. Sometimes... And it's like, what do you mean? Not all the time. They'll come back to life for no reason. It's like, can you explain that? Nope. They just do. And nope. it's just like, a TV show now. What happens if we chop them up or something? They could still come back to life and form back together. It's like, well, how do I get away for this? You don't. You're at the whims of the writers. And that's what kind of... Uh, that's really irritating. That's an, that's irritating enough for me to not want to watch it. Well, there's stuff that happens that Ash says. He makes you laugh at least, you know, once an episode or twice an episode. Like, for instance, like this little demon kid. You can tell it's a kid, this poor kid that they painted like a demon. And he's jumping all over and I'm biting on his neck and stuff. And he's like, oh, get off me, you little shit. And he's saying stuff like that. And it's hilarious, but also wrong in so many ways that someone's <laughs> kid is made up like a demon but it's funny it's a very funny show but i was just like you know if i could do this i would just make it i would give the rules where okay nothing can happen to us right now because it's daytime or just yeah. something like that i don't know mm. 
And also, no character is safe except Ash, <laughs> you know, because he's the star of the show. And he's not exactly safe, you know, horrible things, you know, blood splatters in his face and all that stuff. But No it, one is safe except Ash. <laughs> yeah. It's a fun show, but like I said, it's, it's almost like take it with a grain of salt. It's ridiculous. For instance... <laughs> You can, and I mean, it is a cartoon. Like, he'll have blood splattered all over him, and literally in the next scene, he's clean again. <laughs> oh, God. And that will crack me up, because it's like, he's Bugs Bunny, man. Yeah. He he literally is Yeah, Bugs that Bunny. cracks me up when they do that. Like, like, okay, what happened to all the blood? His blood's so close. They're, like, clean again. But, I mean, that's Sam Raimi's humor. But also, he only directed the pilot. He's not directing every episode, and I really oh, okay. wish... I really wish that... It had that Sam Raimi directing because really, when you have other people directing it, all they can do is kind of mimic Sam Raimi, but they're not Sam Raimi, you know? Yeah, there's that. Uh, it, it's funny the other night uh, on I think it was on Sci-Fi, um, the Oz movie was on, and I forgot how much fun it was and how many oh, yeah. touches there that that Raimi touch. That he has at certain moments. Yeah, you know what's and, funny is I had to. I was like, "Oz movie? What is he talking about?" I, that was the first movie we saw together. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was a fun movie, and it was funny analyzing afterwards. I was like, "It's the same as it's the exact same movie as Army of Darkness." You know, yeah, it is. hero falls from the sky and all that stuff. It's like yeah. the same story, but it's it works right it has China, bro. It's reluctant scoundrel type hero saves the day. And you can't help but love Ash or, uh, you know, whatever. Bruce or Campbell. That, you know. Bruce Campbell was born to play that role, and he does it well. He does a great job. And there's some hilarious scenes with him in there, like even mm-hmm. that first episode where how the dead evil comes back is hilarious, the way they set that up. Did you ever watch the first episode, Bill? No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm such a slacker. I really need to... Figure out something to make me feel like I can do anything other than stress. And I'm, I'm just having this huge problem where I can't enjoy anything because I'm constantly stressed out, whether it's about school or – oh, great. The pizza guy's here. See what I mean? I can't enjoy anything. I can't even talk. <laughs> you were about to tell us, Bill, but and now we can't ever hear do you need right, to get up me, and get it? Yeah, give me give me like three or four minutes. Okay, okay. All right. Sounds good. So we got dogs barking on either end of the feed. <laughs> What's the ETA on my pizza? Yeah, I got to get some pizza here. It's Mr. Pizza Guy. Crusty Cray. Do you remember that SpongeBob no. when uh, some guy orders pizza from the Krusty Krab and he's like, "Ah, oh, we don't have pizza." Or Squidward's like, "We don't sell pizza." And Mr. Krabs is like, "If he wants pizza, give him pizza." So they have to deliver it. And finally, when they get there, the guy's like, "Where's my drink?" And SpongeBob's like, uh, "You didn't order any drink." And he's like, "No drink? Where's my diet, Doctor Kelp?" 
And he's like, he didn't order one. He goes, how am I supposed to eat this pizza without a drink? And he slams the door in SpongeBob's face or whatever. And SpongeBob's like, <laughs> he's just crying. Oh, it's great. Sushi pizza. Ooh, you want some sushi pizza, Steven? No. That was a great SpongeBob episode. No sushi pizza. Sushi pizza. I don't like regular sushi. Sushi pizza. <laughs> You know what's so funny is uh, uh, MasterChef Kids is on, and I wasn't paying attention to it, but I could hear Gordon. I literally heard him say, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> and he was, like, saying all the cliched things that he always says. Oh, well, 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 you know. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, what do we have here? Two piping hot pepperoni pizzas. Sweet. <laughs> it's so funny that uh, sometimes Adam, Adam from the Bay Area and I will play – uh, like a drop game through text and um, he will like text me a drop and sometimes I'll like laugh and I go oh I know what that's from and sometimes I'll go what the hell is that from and I'll come to the computer and I'll type in what he said and I'll find it or whatever but there was this one I said Adam what's this one and I type two piping hot pepperoni pizzas two piping hot pepperoni pizzas <laughs> And he was racking his brain. And he's like, what is that from? And I was like, really? You don't know? Ah, you disappointed me. And I wouldn't answer him, you know. (laughs) And finally, I was like, it's from Jesse James is a dead man. Two piping hot pepperoni pizzas. It's when Jesse James, this guy was like, I dare you deliver two pepperoni pizzas to me in the desert, in my desert stronghold, within an hour. From the city, and you know, Jesse James gets a dune buggy, a souped up dune buggy to deliver the pizza. And uh, he was like, Oh, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, like six months pass, and we're playing that game again. And I go, Two piping hot pepperoni pizzas, what's it from? And he's like, Damn it, I don't remember. What was that from? And I was like, Are you serious? We've already been through this. You don't remember what that's from? That was so funny. Two piping hot pepperoni pizzas. Okay, we get it. Two piping hot pepperoni pizzas. By the way, Stephen, he delivered the pizza on time. Right. <laughs> so bad. You mean he didn't Wait, die delivering the pizzas? <laughs> what? He didn't die delivering the pizzas? <laughs> no. Jesse James is a dead man. You remember man. that happened just before the, like, that show was out and we covered it. And then... You know, he slept with that Nazi chick with all the tattoos and had a swastika. She was like in a Hitler outfit, cheating on Sandra Bullock, you know, America's sweetheart. Yeah. No, it wasn't Kat Von D. It was a different chick. But she was like in, he even, I think he cheated on Kat Von D too, but. um, No, it was the uh, um, porn star chick. No, this is is a different chick. Wow. Okay. But it basically, he. Basically, he everyone hated him. Like America right. hated the guy, and his show never came back. And I was like, "Oh, we can't ever watch that show again." Damn, Jesse James is a dead man. Now that was a good show, Stephen. Who was the Nazi chick? That's funny. I don't remember her. I don't know. We'll have to look it up later. I see that Adam Sexton is listening to the feed. Hey, Adam, what's up? Adam, who was the Nazi chick? <laughs> the Nazi chick. <laughs> Who is the... Yeah, what's going on? Hello? So, uh, what do you want to do tonight? Hmm, I'll get a pizza, watch Degrassi Junior High. That's a horrible Degrassi quality. Degrassi Junior Dro- High. Have you watched Supergirl at all? 
Yeah, so I'm completely caught up with Supergirl. So I, I am too. I'm totally caught <laughs> up on Supergirl. Heather and I watch it. Emma kind of was like, yeah, I'm be in my room. And it's like, we started watching all together as a family. Then Emma lost interest. Now Heather and I. And I hadn't called that that dude was Martian Manhunter the whole time. Yeah. Didn't you? You know, what's funny is they had Martian Manhunter showed up on Smallville too. Do you remember that? Yes. Just for like a short time. But um, I thought that was awesome that they introduced him. I think it's a, you know, it's a, like a cute family type of superhero show. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think, it's, I mean, you, you could describe it as cheesy or corny, but I expect it to be that and it doesn't bother me. What about you? No, no. I expected a kind of a camp have corny, show. Yeah, yeah. or whatever. And I'm. I think her evil aunt with the silver strand is kind of hot. I'm like, I kind of like the <laughs> Kryptonian aunt who's kind of a bitch. Kind of into that. Hello, nurse. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, Supergirl's cute herself, but I kind of like the older woman look of the, the aunt. I, I like her older sister. Yeah, yeah. She was, uh, you know what I remembered her from? Heather and I watched the show. It was called, uh, oh my God, what was it called? It was called Taxi something. Taxi Brooklyn. Brooklyn Taxi on NBC. And it was based on the Luc Besson taxi series from like France or something. And NBC turned okay, I'm it back. into Sorry. A, a series. Bill, hey, you're back. Sorry, that took long. How's the, how is the pizza? Oh, it's delicious. Oh, nice. I'm. Uh, did you get Pizza Hut? No, we just got a local place. Nobody, no chains actually deliver to where we are. So it's just this little place on the corner called Michael's. Michael's so. Pizza. Michael's Pizzeria. So catchy. Couldn't he change it to Mikey's Pizza or something? <laughs> See, that would work better. But it's, you know, if it was that way, I would expect it to be like good pizza. Uh, and uh, how this is, is not... It's just. This is, uh, is this the kind of pizza you just eat to make hunger pain go away? Exactly. Ohio pizza is thin crust, like, and not by like, not like New York thin crust, but like a cracker, and uh, they cut it in squares. It's called Ohio Valley pizza, and it's probably my least favorite pizza in the world. It's like cracker squares. Yeah. You know, because Pizza ha- Pizza Hut has their different crusts, and one of them is like this thin cracker crust. It's basically what it is. And sometimes I like it, but I usually like a thicker crust. But every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get the thin crust and or whatever. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of it. It's uh, it's not my favorite. I That's why for the longest time I would make my own pizza. Uh, but now I don't really eat much. I'll like have like a, like a tiny slice or two and then I'm full. So I don't really think about it or worry about it anymore i just get it to uh feed my dad have you ever had crusty crab pizza no but i'd love it with some crabby patty (laughs) (laughs) now bill hey how cool is this back when you and i um first met you know of course we've talked about this before that uh i purchased this multi massive multiplayer online game called Star Wars Galaxies. It was the first ever Star Wars MMO ever. And you know, I kept reading about it. I was like, oh man, that sounds so cool. 
We just bought this I'm new I'm totally going to go to Anchorhead. Yeah, I, I want to be... I want to chum around with Han Solo and go to Tatooine and pick up pick power up some powers. powers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I... Was I frequented a forum called Home Theater Forum, where people would talk about things of the home theater persuasion, giant TVs that I would never own, home theater setup I would never own, you know, stuff like that. Uh, stuff I couldn't afford, but I was fascinated by it. And like so, run by V. Ron Epstein. <laughs> yes, and they in the home theater forum they had threads about video games, and one of them was Star Wars Galaxies. So I would read this thread, and people would talk about their adventures and what they were doing. And I was like, "Oh man, it sounds so bitching, man!" So I was like, "Hey guys, I I started playing," and they're like, "Come over to the Intrepid server. That's where we're playing." Okay, and so I started playing on there, and I think maybe. Three or four times, there was, like, a big group thing, right, Bill? Like, where you'd meet up with people, and it was yeah. fun. But the problem was, problem was that I played it different times than a lot of those people, so I'd never see them. Or, yeah, we're just logging off now. Bye. And I'm like, I'm just logging on. Hello. You know. But there was this one guy who seemed to play when I would, and his name was Grady. Yep. And He's a good guy. And Grady was Bill. Yep. Grady Lear. And Bill and I would do stuff, you know, in the game and have fun or whatever. And eventually we got on TeamSpeak, and that's when we'd start talking on microphone with each other, right? Mm -hmm. But mostly we would talk on MSN chat on the computer, like, a lot about everything. Movies and all sorts of shit. Yeah, tons. And uh, it was just – it was a lot of fun. And this was a time right when Heather – I mean, basically – I don't, I think this was way before. This is before Emma was born. This is when Heather was pregnant. And yeah, we knew, Emma was gestating. Yeah, we knew a baby was on the way, and Heather uh, was very pregnant. And I was like, "Yeah, pretty soon, Bill. I'm not going to be able to play this game anymore because I'm going to yeah. be taking care of a baby, especially when Heather returned to work and I'd be a stay-at-home dad." And but we would. So I played a lot less Star Wars Galaxies, and eventually, you know, we. You know, stop playing that. But I still found time to chat with you every day. You know, on the yeah. computer, I'd just go, "Hey, Bill, what's up?" And we'd talk about whatever. And I would, you know, have Emma and feed her, change her diapers, and all that kind of stuff. But we we didn't lose touch, even though we weren't playing the game. You know. Yeah, we tried other games, but none of them. St- yeah, it just nothing fit. It was just something about that game that was awesome. You know. I think it's that it existed in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah, I think that was pretty much it. But I remember in the mornings, you know, uh, I had a routine where I would watch Dawson's Creek reruns on TBS. <laughs> like every day, I think it was like 10 a.m. We I'll, shared that routine. Yeah, I would be like... We would talk about Dawson's Creek. Because we, we both the watched The epic it. third season with Brittany Daniels. Yeah, we we watched it in its original run on the WB. Right. So we'd already seen the episodes, but we were re-watching it on TBS. And then one day, the show called Ed comes on. And I was like, oh, what's this show? And you're like, oh, this show's great. You need to watch it. And I'm like, okay. So I started watching it, of course, that... Just right from the first episode, it grabs you of how great it is. And, you know, it's funny and it's, like, got this warmth to it. There's no, like, uh, there, it's 
a kind of it's humor. like a hilarious fire on a cold winter's day. <laughs> yeah, and there's baby. Shut up! I'm trying to tell a story. So, um, yeah, screw you. But the show, there's nothing like mean spirited about it. It's just a nope. great. It makes you feel good. It has warm feelings. A lot of the reason I like Chuck is because there's this warmth to it. You know, mm-hmm. the sense of family. And on Ed, you get that too. This kind of small town family kind of thing. And um, uh, TBS showed the entire run, all four seasons. I think the first three seasons are 22 episodes uh, each. And then the final season is 17 episodes. And they... Uh, Somewhere along watching it every... I think it aired Monday through Friday, too, didn't it? Like, yeah. they showed it every day. So you could get through the... I got through the entire run pretty fast, and we'd talk about it and stuff, and, you know, quote it back and forth to each other. And burger me. Burger me, yeah. Or you can't stay mad at a pancake mouse, Bill. No, you can't. And uh, I kept telling Heather, oh, you got to watch the show. Then we got a TiVo, right? Right. I think you might the have magical sent your old TiVo, Bell. It, I love my old TiVo. It was a standard deaf TiVo. You know, it wasn't HD yeah. yet, but I it was, was like, just a oh. black box. Yeah, and they started. You know, once when a show's in syndication on a channel, they air all of them in a row, and then they start over from the first episode again. They keep airing it. So I was like, oh, oh, I can, I can record it. So I got, I recorded like. Season one, all of it, and Heather and I would watch it each night, like an episode, and she was totally getting into it. Season two started, and I think like five episodes in, TBS took it off. And I was like, no! And we couldn't watch it. And it was out of nowhere. It was no warning. Yeah, and it was just gone. And the show has never come out on DVD. (laughs) The show has never been available for streaming on Netflix, Hulu, Anywhere, you can't purchase episodes nowhere. The only thing you could do is purchase, like, eBay, some guy's VHS copies. Right, Bill? Yeah. Really awful VHS copies. Right. And so, basically, it kind of just... You kind of have to put Ed on the back burner because you can't watch it. You know, it's just like... I love that show. I wish I could watch it, but you know, there's a couple episodes at the time, you know, on YouTube, like you could watch it like that. It's not the same. I wanted to sit down with Heather and finish, keep watching the series with her. Right. Right. And that, I don't even remember when that was, but was that like 2000? Uh, that was like 2003. I think <laughs> it was well, Ed. No, it had to be later than that because Ed, first aired in 2000 it was like 2004 okay yeah i can go along with that because you uh you talked about it like it was pretty fresh in your memory because it it had finished airing on nbc and then i guess uh tbs picked it up and was re-airing it and uh so that was a long time ago and we've been waiting all this time it's 2016 (laughs) and we have never gotten the show until we see one day on Facebook that this some obscure channel called Up, the Up Network, is going to start airing Ed this Sunday. And, and I looked at it. They're going to air, it looks like uh, on Sunday they're going to air five episodes in a row, the first five episodes, which is awesome. And then they're going to start airing them every day at 3 o'clock, which is awesome because I'll be able to get all four seasons pretty quickly, right? Yeah. And I think the Up Network, 
it's like the Uplift Network, and they show a lot yeah, of. Yeah, like, I think it's a Christian network. Yeah, it's a very Christian. Like they show they show a lot of Gilmore Girls on there, but they also show a lot of Seventh Heaven, which I think they've is weird. got that show that's basically uh, the the weirdo Duggar people, but that's yeah. bringing up Bates or something. It's like nineteen kids. Yeah, another family with a shitload of kids who the nineteen uh, kids and counting. Yeah, stuff like that. But this is called Bringing Up Bates, and there are four billion kids. I've never even heard of this channel. But uh, That's what I said to Jason when he said well, no, Ed was going to be involved. I was, I was like, like, what? I literally was like, please let me have this. Please, please let this be on DirecTV. And you can type in the thing, and it was like, channel 338. And I was like, oh, thank God we have it. And I looked, and I was like, okay, it's standard def, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. So I was like, okay, we can finally watch Ed. This is going to be awesome. Woo! And then you and I were talking about, like, uh, the reason it had never come out on DVD is because they couldn't get the licensing rights to all the music and stuff. Yeah, they used a ton of music, and it was great music. Will that music still be on this version that they air? I Hopefully. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works. I, I think... I think if it's airing on TV, there's a good chance it will be. I think the yeah. whole music rights issue comes into play With whenever you're releasing it on a, a physical format. Right, right. And so we'll see. Hopefully, if when the show first starts and that Foo Fighter song comes on, we'll go we'll sigh of relief. Like, okay, if yeah. we got the Foo Fighter song, then we know everything's good. And then when the second season starts and it's the Clem Snide song, I'll be ecstatic. Right. Now, at the time, wasn't that pretty jarring that they changed the theme song? It, you know what? It was. It was shocking. And it, I think a lot of people got pissed off about that because next year is such a, uh, I don't know, it's 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 melodic. It's it's war. It's comforting. It's a good it's a good song. And then Clem Snide is this like indie kind of. Slightly bizarre, <laughs> and I think a lot of people hated it. But after a period of time, I grew to love that song more than the Foo Fighters song, and actually kind of inspired my love of the band Clem Snide. So, I oh, was Clem Snide not a guy? It's a band. no. It's uh, uh, the the guy is uh, F or E Barzillet, I believe, and Clem Snide is the band. It wasn't that song, Moment in the Sun. It's yes, it was. If I'm you and you are me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's essentially what it is, but it's there's so much soul in his singing. Like, they did the most amazing EP of just Journey covers. Oh, sweet. And it is, it, their covers of Faithfully is just beautiful. And uh, even Don't Stop Believing is great. Uh, any way you want it is the best. Any way you want it like is a, one of those songs that I can listen to over and over again off of that EP. Is it like a it's, folksy kind of rock? It is, yeah. You know what's funny is I didn't even know I was a fan of that type of music till you know a lot of <laughs> bands that were on Chuck were like these folksy kind of like uh, bands, and I was like, dude, I'm digging this. Like, yeah, uh, when you first started asking me about Andrew Bird, I was like, yes, Typhoon and Fanfarlo. Oh, and, uh, yeah, just all those type of bands. Uh, who's the band who sings Rivers and Roads? And uh, I can't remember their name. but Oh, uh, um, Rivers and Roads. Rivers and Roads. Rivers uh, and Roads. The Head and the Heart. 
you know, the head and the heart, just all that type of music. I was like, dude, I'm really digging this. I never even knew I kind of liked this music. Before. Yeah, it's very indie hipstery music, but I've always I've always been in that scene. Yeah, I do. So that's it, why man. I've always loved the music from from Chuck. Even though I never got into the series, I was always like, when you said something that they played Typhoon, I was over the moon because it's such a great. Wh- which song did they use? The Honest Truth. Yeah, and then you know, and that's. They play, and that's the most amazing thing about Chuck. I'm sorry that they use music that lyrically says something. Yeah, like it, it's it's meaningful music. Like have they? I they've had to have used Frightened Rabbit. Oh on yeah, Chuck. Frightened Rabbit a lot. Like already, like, you know, in the Chuck series companion in season two, episode thirteen, and they've already used Frightened Rabbit like three times in the series. I cannot listen to Frightened Rabbit without breaking into tears. Like that's how like. The lyrically, it's it's poetry and it's really dour poetry. Uh, but I, I Frightened Rabbit's one of my all time favorite bands. The lead singer of uh, Scott Hutchinson or Hutchison does an episode of uh, Pete Holmes. You made it weird that you would love. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. so you should definitely check that episode out because he's a, he's an incredibly smart guy. Oh yeah, uh, what is that? Foster the Peoples, another one of those bands. Yeah, but also, um, oh shit, I just it's let it slip out of my brain. Another band that, but Spoon, they have a lot of songs on there. Another great, a lot of indie bands. Yeah, and uh, that's where like I had no idea that I would like Death Cab for Cutie until. Uh, I heard them on there, and then of course, oh god, yeah. Listen to their album, I'm like, dude, I'm really digging this. Codes yeah, and Pl- Keys is a Codes great and album. Keys is a fantastic album. Um, uh, Narrow uh, Narrow Stairs is an, an amazing album. Uh, all the, all of their early stuff is fantastic, but uh, Codes and Keys was kind of like their uh, their real like, hey, this band can cross that mainstream line. Uh, and their their most recent album, Kitsugi, is fantastic. I haven't even heard it, man. I need to. Oh my god, it's so freaking good. I've it's like one of my it's one of my regular listens. In fact, I, there are songs off of that album that would fit right on Chuck. Like, That's awesome. You can you can think of scenes whenever you hear that music. You should definitely listen to Kitsugi. I will because I codes and keys. That was like. Dude, I listen to it every day for like six months or something. You know how you get a certain album and that's like what you listen to over and over again? And when I was heavily into writing, I would – sometimes you can't write with music with lyrics, but sometimes I can. And I would put that on or it would get me into a writing mood, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought that was great. But I've uh, always felt like that whenever you're listening to something that kind of uh, inspires you, inspires you or, or hits that hits that special spot in your heart. That what it, it does is I don't know if I come up with scenes that in the book, uh, things that are happening and the music is kind of like the soundtrack and I get mm-hmm. freaking goosebumps at certain things. You know, do you, you know when you listen to a song yeah. and you think of something? And it's not even a real movie or whatever. You're just picturing something in your head, and you get, like, these chills. Dude, I love that when that happens. Yeah. And Codes and That's Keys the, is one of those albums where I get that a lot. You need to – I need to give you, like, a Death Cab for Cutie list because even their their album uh, Transit, Transatlanticism is another great one. Oh, you know, I have that. Oh, okay, good. 
I just don't have their latest one. But yeah, yeah, the like, latest one is the latest one is really cool because kitsugi is an art form that the Japanese use to mend broken things with gold, and the whole album is the first album that they've done without one of their fan, founding men, members, Chris Walla. Uh, so they're like kind of saying, you know, that this the whole album kind of reeks of that, like trying to mend itself trying to make up for kind of past mistakes and kind of dwelling on it it's a it's a dark album most death cat for cutie albums are pretty dark but yeah uh kitsugi's really fantastic in that like kind of pop sensibility nice i'm definitely gonna check that out yeah check that shizzy out but uh bill ed will be back man we can finally rewatch it. <laughs> oh yeah we did but we digress yeah we're gonna be i'm gonna be sending you dialogue from the show you know i can't wait to start watching it again and i it's like you mentioned how it would be so great if they could just release the entire series on netflix so that we could do an ed series companion oh i because know that i would kill to do that because I so know. many episodes i Ed came along in my darkest days, like when I was well over 700 pounds, just living kind of in this fantasy realm. Uh, And it was one of those shows that just like it was somebody trying to make up for lost time. And it just struck a chord with me because that's that's kind of all I ever wanted was, you know, I'd lost so many years of my life to just doubt and depression and uh, uncontrolled uh, depression. And it uh, it was one of those shows that whenever I watched it, it made me feel comfortable. It gave me hope. Yeah. That, like, it made, doesn't it, it feels like home, like safety. Yeah. And, uh, it's all characters who you love and... Everything's going to be all right kind of thing. You know, the premise of the show is, in case people don't know, is Ed is an attorney in New York. And he's like, what would you call like kind of a – he would do paperwork and stuff. He wasn't like a a trial lawyer or anything. He would just do like copy. Yeah, he was like a corporate attorney that just did copy. And he gets called into the office and uh, they tell him that, you know, he fesses up. Oh, I I realize I made a mistake. I – misplaced a comma there and they said your comma cost this 1.3 million dollars you're fired and he's like oh okay and so he goes home and he's like honey and she's having sex with with a mailman he goes you're having <laughs> sex with the mailman well he's not our mailman he's a mailman yeah. <laughs> yeah. and what's funny is this the first episode that's all done in a recap it's not like they, the whole beginning of the episode is a recap of a pilot that we never got to see, and then it just picks up almost like it's the second episode, even though it's the yeah, first episode. Because they shot the pilot originally with Donald Logue. Yeah, it was uh, like for as CBS. Phil Stubbs. Yeah. It was for CBS. CBS didn't pick it up, so they pitched it to NBC. NBC picked it up, and they just took the pilot and made it like a recap at the beginning. And it actually works Yeah, and then in the first well. episode, it's like three months later. Yeah, he's. it establishes that basically when he finds that out about his wife, his marriage hasn't been good for a while. He's feeling ba- sorry for himself. He's looking at his old high school yearbook, and he sees Carol Vesey, a girl he had a crush on. And 
He's like, she's so pretty. And he's like, I'm going back to Stuckyville where he grew up. And as he goes home and every opening, you know, the opening theme to the Foo Fighter song is that drive he does back home. And he's smiling, looking everything. And he decides he's going to go pronounce his love to Carol Vesey, who doesn't even know him, by the way. Yeah. Played by Julie Bowen, who everyone knows from Modern Family now. And uh, and we only had known her from uh, uh, Billy Madison. Right. Or was it Happy Gilmore? It was Happy, yeah, Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. Yeah. That's what's funny. Is Tom Cavanaugh, he's now on The Flash. You know, a lot of people probably know him from that show. Right. But, yeah, he... Ed was where uh, you know we first saw Julie Bowen, Tom Cavanaugh, uh, Justin Long. Of course, we knew him from Galaxy Quest first, right. I believe. But he went on to Ed right after that, Bill. And uh, let's restart. John Slattery before he was on Mad Men. Yeah, he was Dennis. Yeah. And in a great character, too. And yeah. that's, that's the thing about this show is all the characters, this world was alive. Like Dennis had his issues, his his doubts, his you know that constant rivalry with Ed, and, but they but they kind of met on a certain level. There were episodes in the show where Dennis was dealing with you know alcoholism and all that, and you're like alcoholism. That's really that's a lot to yeah, deal. But it, it, it felt comedy. real. It didn't feel forced. Yeah, they had real problems stuff, and that's what's cool. Is like Ed when he goes on a date with Carol. She has a boyfriend, but she gives him a kiss, and then he's like, I'm not leaving town, and he buys Stucky Bowl, the local bowling alley, and it's there, you know, he meets the staff, one of them, Michael Ian Black, plays Phil Stubbs, and he comes up with the idea of... Bosco. Yeah, hey, Bosco, you should give legal advice to people who bowl, and he's like, that's ridiculous, and he is a lawyer, so he ends up becoming the bowling alley lawyer who has a practice there in the bowling alley. And it may sound like a ridiculous premise, but it works and it's awesome. Yeah, because you have the because every episode you have like uh, Ed and a lot of times a court case, but you've also got the comedy of everyone there at the bowling alley. Plus, you got him and Carol's uh, will they or won't they? Uh, what's funny is if you analyze it, a lot of it is they are right for each other, but it's the wrong time for each other. Yeah. One of those kind of stories. And eventually they'll probably be right for each other, but it's not now. So they're just really good friends. And then there's Dr. Mike, his best friend and, uh, Dr. Handsome. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. But uh, you know, Dr. Jerome, he's going to inherit the practice, but the doctor he's working for is this mean man. But it's also the show is very funny, and God, I can't wait to watch it. You know, I'm gonna watch it as it airs on Sundayville. Oh like, yeah, so am I. And I'm never gonna delete the episodes for as long as I live. <clears throat> yeah, I'm already trying to think how to pull them off of the DVR. <laughs> yeah, like well, so that I can save them. The channel's not HD on Directv. It is on some other cable platforms. I hope somebody out there is like, I'm gonna bit torrent these. NHD. Yeah. Even if it's pillar box, I don't mind just as long as it's a great picture quality because I discovered that there, every episode is on YouTube bill mm-hmm. from all four seasons, except whenever a licensed song comes on, the sound drops out. And when the song ends, it comes back up. 
like the theme, the opening theme, no sound, and you hear the just, tail end of it. It comes back. Just Ed out for a drive. Yeah, it just no sound. <laughs> and you know how like almost every episode there's this cool montage of people doing things to a song? Totally silent. And it kind of kills the mood. <laughs> Can you understand why that would kill the mood? Yeah, because the show is really music dependent. Yeah. And, Stephen, when you get home, tag Ed on channel 338. Season pass it, but you got to set it up where, not where they're new, where old episodes are recorded. <laughs> oh, and don't forget, um, you know, there was uh, that ep- that that uh, Kenny ends up leaving the bowling alley and uh, Daryl Mitchell yeah. uh, comes yeah. to take over his role. And Daryl Mitchell, I think that was like his first role after he became a paraplegic. Yeah, he was, that- uh, was he Tommy from Galaxy Quest? Yeah. Daryl Chill yeah. Mitchell. And Another then- Galaxy Quest alumni. Yeah, and by the way, the show was created by Rob Burnett and John Beckerman, who were uh, head writers on David Letterman forever. And I think they even went back to David Letterman after the show ended. Yeah, they did. And uh, that's that sense of humor. It's got like a perfect sense of humor. You know, I just it's hard to explain, but it's just a great show and. If anybody out there is listening, look up, see if you have the Up channel. Because <laughs> it's, it's a great It's show. kind of amazing as I'm going down through Internet Movie Database of the like the New York celebrities that were actually on the show. Yeah, a lot of comedians that you'll recognize too, you know. Yeah. Even Andy Richter showed up on there. <laughs> yeah. Sam Levine uh, yes. was on there. Yeah, he was on there pretty early in season one. But you yep. know they had a lot of the any a lot of comedians you'll recognize that show. Yeah, up. Jim Gaffigan yeah. has like four episodes. Even uh, Thomas F. Wilson Bill showed up. Yeah, Biff. yeah, he was. Uh, wasn't he the love interest for Molly? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to watch it. And you know the coolest thing is that Heather was never fulfilled because she only got five episodes into season two, and we could never watch it again. Oh, she'll devour it. I, I, I can't wait. I was, I was, I was telling Natalie. I was like, I, I got our new, our new show that we can watch. The show I love. You're gonna love it. I know it. Has she ever seen any of it? No, she's. She didn't even know what it was. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's gonna be great. It'll be great. Okay, well, uh, Bill, I want to tell you what I've been playing lately. You know, a video game, if that's okay. Uh, for Christmas, I got Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection for the PS4. Yes. And I have played uh, the first one, Drake's Fortune, which I'd played before on the PS3, but I was like, I got to play all three of them. I can't just like start with the second one. So I played that in two days. And then what's funny is it took me over a year to finish that first game because I stopped playing it and then came back to it. But... Um, then Uncharted 2, it took me like four days. Because that game is long. It's got, it's huge. But it was awesome. It's like it's basically like an action movie that you're playing, you know? With an awesome story and all that stuff. But now I'm up to Uncharted 3 and I haven't started it yet. But I can't wait. Yeah, I started playing it because I wanted to like be like, I wonder what Jason's doing. He's playing Uncharted. I've never played Uncharted 3. I'll put it in and play it. So I put it in the PS3, and I was just like, oh, my God. what? 
it, just that jarring step backwards in graphics. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> and holding so... holding that DualShock Three where it <sighs> feels like it's gonna break in your hands. Yeah, I, it was it was. Ugh. I still want to play it, so I'm just gonna have to keep an eye out for whenever the Uncharted Collection goes on sale again for the PS4 because I don't think I can handle the the PS3. The most amazing thing about it, because you know I have Drake's Fortune for. Uh, for the PS3 and it's hideous looking. It's so yeah. ancient, you know, and it's like, w- looks washed out. All of their skin looks orange, you know, it just looks like crap, but the game is a lot of fun. The mechanics are there, right? So when I put it in for, uh, the PS4, it's remastered. And the thing that jumps out at you is that the frame rate is more than doubled. So it's almost like you're watching it in high frame rate, like the hobby oh. or something. And it like is like whoa! It like blows you away because the frame rate is increased on it, and it's like so fluid, you know. And I was like, whoa! I can get into this shit. That's even what I noticed playing Uncharted Three. Just the opening of it on the PS3 was how how sluggish, yeah, the the controls were. Yeah, and I think that's the thing we don't realize now with these new games is the frame rate is so, like, much better now. Yeah, I think it's what most of them are running at 60 frames per second, only a handful that, especially now in this generation, you know, whenever they first came out, I think they were topping out at, like, 30. Very rarely would a game hit 60 unless they dropped the resolution, Mm -hmm. which seemed to be the case with most of them. But now they're... That's what I noticed with Halo Guardians was how um, it almost felt like the game was moving too fast. Like I had to catch up with it whenever I started playing it. Was it like you were watching The Hobbit? Yeah, it was. (laughs) It's like, stop moving so fast. I I can't. Oh, my God. What am I doing? Because that's the thing. Wolfenstein, I I started playing that before uh, Uncharted. And just the... The frame rate of that game is pretty awesome. I mean, it's just visually a stunning game. Yeah. And the game did you so did you end up finishing hard. it? No, no, no. I got up to the point where you escape and you get to like the underground, like you're under in the sewers and you find Oh the, god, yeah. The resistance. The difficulty ramps up there. But the game is so effing hard. It's literally like pause, take a deep breath like how am I supposed to get through this shit? Because I would be like that, and then you would get through it, and you're like, yes! And then something else that's really hard happens. Like, stupid yeah. robot dogs or something chase you. Those robot dogs, I had to look up on YouTube how to get past the robot dogs. Like, there's... I, I kept that game open with YouTube on my computer, because <laughs> it was so... I was, I was obsessed with it, because the story is so engaging. Yeah, it is. Like, it's told in an amazing way with like the voiceover and the kind of this noir but uh it's for the first time i've ever played a, a wolfenstein game where i was like who is this bj blaskowitz guy oh that's who he is yeah you know it it really creates a a, a full character for the first time that i can remember the funniest um, thing about it is how you you essentially your character bj blaskowitz you get a head wound that makes you into a vegetable and it's like you time travel through all of this time until he becomes mentally stable again. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like he's time traveled. Like, was it like fifteen years or some shit? Yeah, and he's got to watch all this shit go down around him, and yeah, he can't do like, anything about it. Yeah, he's like a vegetable, and finally something triggers in his brain where he comes back. And by the way, his muscles are all still there. <laughs> like the thing depleted. Yeah, well, that would—that's just convenient. Yeah, yeah. That's my dad. No like, I can't there. play this game anymore, Jason, because it's just not believable. <laughs> he didn't atrophy. Yeah, yeah. It should have atrofied his muscles. Well, he's a—he's su- superhuman. Yeah, but uh, it's a fun game. It, it really is fun. And then Uncharted, I was like, oh, I want to play Uncharted because I want to have all three games done when Uncharted Four comes out because that looks amazing. Yeah, and it's so weird that uh, I was watching a, a making of, and it's Nolan North and Troy Baker. Yeah. So I guess Troy Baker plays his brother, and Nolan North and Troy Baker are like the the gods of video gaming, uh, you know, motion capture voice performance. Yeah, and the the voice acting in both uh, both the first two games are excellent too. And Nathan Drake is hilarious, you know? He's a great character. There's parts where you're in a village, you get rescued. You know, we've seen it before. It's a trope where you get injured and a man saves you, takes you to his village. You don't understand where he's saying. But they do it so funny where the guy's like, and he's like, yeah, okay. Well, I didn't understand a word of that. You know, just like, (laughs) and you know, there's little kids like uh, they've got playing soccer and he's like, kick me the ball. Hey, come on, kid. Kick me the ball. Like, fine, don't kick me the ball. (laughs) It's just he has these little lines of dialogue that crack you up as you're playing. It's really funny. Like, how the hell am I supposed to ever shoot down this helicopter? And then he's like, oh, that's how. Because you stumble on this anti-aircraft gun and he hops in. It's hilarious. He's a great character. Still one of the greatest. uh, Was that real where uh, Harrison Ford plays Uncharted? What was yeah, that? Yeah, it was a Japan. He was he made a Japanese commercial for uh, for it for Uncharted Three, but there was a session where they filmed him just playing the game, and it's hilarious if you watch it. He's like, "Oh wow, this is fantastic," you know. And it's like, is he really playing? The things he does for money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was hilarious. Um. And stuff like that. Guys, hey, you want to hear some voicemail? Yes, please. All right, we've got two voicemails. The first one is from Jim. Let's check it out. Hey, E-Tails crew. Uh, Just wanted to call and say I just listened to your podcast for the Star Wars episode episode podcast. And I am actually just getting out of my third screening of the movie. I actually got to go on Friday, and then I went Sunday and just got out today. Uh, I don't really have anything else to add that you haven't already spoke about in your latest podcast, but I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, um, and that's about it. Just wanted to say you guys did a great job, and keep it up, and I will hopefully get a chance to leave another voicemail at some point, but I will talk to you guys later. All right, bye. Oh, this is Jim from Rockledge, Florida. Nice. Thanks, Jim. I actually finally got to see it a second time. Nice. Uh, last weekend, uh, we went on a Sunday. Heather was just like, um, "Why don't we go tomorrow?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And we went to an early showing, and uh, you know, even Emma said, "I liked it just as much the second time." I was like, "Me too." It's kind of weird because you know, after we saw it that first time, I wanted to see it like again right yeah. away, but yeah, instead, immediately. Like, 
two weeks passed, and I was like, I don't really remember anything. We should go back. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was... I saw it, like, two days later. <laughs> but there's something different about that second time, because I'm calmed down. I've now seen it. I can relax and just soak it all in, because, you know... There was all this anxiety mixed in with it. So it was really cool to kind of just chill and pick up, you know, listen to the score more it's in the background. It's kind of nice to go when it's not so crowded, too. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back again and see it Still again. Still the revelation of who Kylo Ren is. I heard the, <gasps> in the crowd. I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool that, like, wow, nobody's been spoiled in this movie. It's pretty awesome, you know. Nobody's heard this by now. And... uh you know, even Heather's brother, who I figured was going to knock it, it. <laughs> you know, he was like, yeah, we're going to go see it tomorrow or whatever. And I expect him to go, it sucked or something, text me. But he's like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was awesome. And I was like, huh? Like, even he liked it? Okay. Uh-huh. Well, it must be pretty good, you know. And uh, I haven't paid attention to anything anybody said, but I do know there's some people who are like, Saying that it's an exact copy of A New Hope is what I've read. And honestly, when you say that, you honestly know it's not true. It's not. You're just kind of yeah. saying something that you've heard other people say. And you think it makes it sound, you sound clever, kind of repeating it. But it's not. Sure, there are things that are callbacks, which I think is pretty awesome. Those callbacks you, you know, we talked about in that last episode. Yeah. Doesn't bother me at all. But honestly, um... I think it's important to the franchise to do it. Yeah, you it's kind of like riding the ship is what it felt like to me. Yeah. And uh it, I really f- have a good feeling going into episode 8. You know? Everyone, you know, even people who may shit on it a little, they're intrigued like who's Ray? Is she related to somebody? And like more Kylo Ren is kind of this character that you love to hate, but there's something interesting about him, you know? Mm -hmm. And you want to know what the hell Luke is up to after. I mean, there was kind of like after attack of the clones or whatever. Well, I wonder how they're going to do that whole Obi-Wan and Anakin fight, you know, because we know it's going to happen. You know, or something like and that. And then we see it and we go, oh, oh that's, that's, how that's, that's how they did that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still but say the main problem with that whole saber duel is that they both had the same color lightsaber. Yeah. There's just it's something like, about it that just didn't work for me. Is this is this going to end? <laughs> um, oh, he jumped on a robot. It's floating <laughs> on the lava. Oh. <laughs> Anakin, I have the high ground. How to kill in? I'm powerful. Oh god. Oops. Yeah, uh but anyway, yeah, really thoroughly enjoyed it the second time and uh can't wait to own it on Blu-ray, man. Am I right? Yeah, the, they think they said it's coming out in April. Yeah. Totally. And then I've read rumors, you know, a lot of people speculating. And I love this shit, Bill. People are talking excitedly about Star Wars again. Uh, The next Star Wars film is um, Rogue One. And people are wondering if the young version of Max von Sydow's character will be in Rogue One and will finally learn who he is. So it's like after you see him in Rogue One as the younger version, then when we watch the you know uh, force awakens again we're like that's who it is that's yeah they're not going to in- introduce a character like that and not use him yeah and i think it's cool if they map that out like 
And then in the anthology, we'll tie it in here. And then like uh, the Han Solo thing, we'll kind of have some backstory with Han or whatever. And so... Um, Han meets Chewie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to get that moment. And I love that Lawrence Kasdan is writing that with his son. So cool. I really expect that Han Solo movie to be pretty spectacular script-wise and stuff. That's the thing why I think Rogue One will be good. Because, you know, a lot of people are like, did you see Godzilla, Jason? Yeah, but you can't tell me the directing was bad. Gareth no, Edwards great. Gareth Edwards isn't didn't write Rogue One. He's directing it. That's why I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I think it'll be pretty awesome. So, anyway, I speaking of Star <laughs> Wars, do you remember on our last episode, Ken and his wife uh, watched the original trilogy. And he talked to her about it uh, after each film. And it was it was pretty funny and entertaining just seeing how she felt about certain things. And, and then this one, he goes to her and she's just snoring. He, yeah. no. So he shows her the prequels. And uh, let's find out what she thought of the prequels, guys. You guys excited? Let's go. All yeah. right. Let's check it out. Okay. We just watched... Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. And so, honey, what'd you think? Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think... Oh, God, that music. A little bit too much um, <laughs> in terms of story, you know, too much going on. And at the same time, you know, um, he had to set up the whole thing at the beginning trying to explain what happened so that would make the the last three parts um, we seen make sense right so we have a trade federation and a republic yeah. and a senate right. that has a chancellor right. and the federation has a viceroy right. and Naboo has a blockade and a right. queen <laughs> and right. these two ambassadors who mm. are Jedi who have mm. their own council yeah. They, they come across some Sith mm. who are, uh, I don't know what they're up to. And at the end, it's not, you know, it's maybe it's a little bit, he, a little bit too easy. Um, right. Well, you, there was just dumb luck. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, that's exactly what I meant. You yeah. Know, the kid, the kid gets in the ship and it goes mm. on autopilot. And then right, right. He, he crashes, and then he pushes some buttons, and right. oops, I didn't mean to do that. And that, that is what saves everything. And, yeah, yeah. You know. Okay, for the next time, uh, the next film is called Attack of the Clones. The clone. Which is kind of mysterious. Mm. But, uh, but we'll and see. And stupid. We'll, we'll mm. see uh, what that holds. Mm-hmm. She sounds so oh, intrigued. Wow. <laughs> okay. Attack of the Clones. Mm. We've just finished watching it. And, uh, honey, I didn't tell you this before, but this is the one that a lot of people say is the worst one. Mm. But what do you think? I certainly do. I don't know about that, but um, I think I'm getting tired of the series. (laughs) She's so kind. Because, you know, the same old stuff, the... Jedi side or the Republic side and then the rise of the Dark Force they just keep fighting and you know one of the sides 
lost, the other one, and they're going to be happen again, and yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the love story? <laughs> Cheesy to me. What story? Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think Anakin, what do you think of his romantic moves? Do you, his, his, his method of seduction? Try to be, you know, top guy and you know all that charming and not charming. I mean, he's kind of creepy to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't. Maybe girls like that, but I don't. Oh, they're into creepy guys. Well, you know, he's a he's a special guy. Everyone says mm. he's the chosen one. So mm, yeah. You know, but not in the way they imagine it. I guess. Yeah. He's just really misunderstood, mm. and I think I think <laughs> girls like that, don't you? Like what? <laughs> the misunderstood guy, because the woman thinks she understands him in some weird way, but no one else does, and that makes him special. Oh yeah, I think you're right about that. We we good at that. We good at you know having illusions and lying to ourselves at all. We are the chosen one. We're gonna, we're gonna make that guy a better person. Mm. We are the only one who understand that guy, and we would. Padme's let gonna fix the Anakin. rest of the world. <laughs> know that he's a good one. Mm. Mm. Yeah. We get kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we're not that smart. Now, in this trilogy, do you have a favorite character so far from this movie uh, or the last one? No, I don't, actually. <laughs> I don't really care about them, you know. But, yeah. well, you thought- I, I mean, I, I thought Anakin, when he's still a little boy, is so cute, so smart. Um, maybe because he's a baby, but now mm. he's not anymore, and <laughs> I can't hate him. <laughs> so you actually wish that he was still a little kid? Yeah, I, I, I do, I do, yeah. Yeah, a lot of fans hated that, hated that kid, honey. Why? Well, they just thought the, the actor was terrible, and and oh, he's he just, so cute. He just said stupid, stupid stuff all the time, and who make him say stupid things? <laughs> the George the Lucas, the writer and the director, right? Yeah. He couldn't say that himself. It's not his <laughs> fault. Especially in this kind of movie. Yeah, people when they there's you can watch you can watch the movie recut without mm. all without any of the scenes with the kid in them because mm. everyone hates him so much. Oh, <laughs> well, there's only one more left. Mm. Uh, are you looking forward to this? Even though it doesn't seem to. It, it doesn't seem to be building towards any. There's no suspense, is there? It's mm. we just we're just waiting for the inevitable. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Revenge of the Sith is now over, mm. and it's kind of long and boring. <laughs> <laughs> I think I already know what your favorite part of this movie was, honey. It was the last couple of minutes when you saw the baby Luke and the baby Leia, and I know you like that because you just said, "Oh, how cute." That's your, that's your favorite part of this movie, right? Is seeing the... the right. Because the rest of it, we... Um, we kind of know that... How the episode's going to be. So that's no surprise. 
Well, I think you have a very sadistic sense of humor because I noticed you laughed twice during this movie. And when? There were both times when、uh, the droids were being abused. So, <laughs> what was that? Well, the part when、uh, R2D2, the blue and white one, the little、oh, blue and white、oh, one, oh, oh. when the other droid、uh, kicks him and knocks him over.、Oh. You, well, you really laughed at that. I did? Yeah, and then.、Oh, I was a horrible person then. <laughs> <laughs> and, then and then just now, when,、um, when C3PO was told, we're going to wipe your memory, you, you laughed at that. You thought that was pretty funny.、Yeah. <laughs> I think you're, you're a sadist, honey. You like seeing droids <laughs> suffer. <laughs> oh, don't tell anybody that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you just kind of had it with this entire saga? Like, do you, do you even want to see episode seven? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have enough. I mean, I'm going with you、um, because you want to see it, you know, but if just me. I, I don't think so. I think I have been up, and I think Lucas or Disney just should stop the whole thing. <laughs> again. I was just thinking the,、uh, the, when Anakin you know, becomes an adult,、mm-hmm. he seemed to react to everything in, in kind of a, as if he had some kind of mental disorder. Like、mm-hmm. he, was, he never had a natural expression.、Mm-hmm. You know, like when, like, He always intends. Yeah, it's intense.、Mm. Like, when, uh, like when Padme tells him, Oh, I'm, I have the baby's room all made up. And、mm. He's looking at her like,、uh, like he was looking at a pizza menu or something. Like,、mm. yeah, I'll have, I'll have pepperoni. That sounds good.、Mm. That's, he, I think he had some kind of.、Uh, or maybe he's just a bad actor. What do you think? Oh, bad characters, you know. And how about the special effects on our little, little laptop here as we're watching these movies? <laughs> This is pathetic. Yeah, by the way, we, we, should, we watched we these. We should have bought a TV, honey. <laughs>、yeah. we've, we've been watching all these movies on a little、uh, 14 inch MacBook. Oh, wow. With good speakers, though. We, <clears throat> That's not what I'm talking about. By the way, the sounds.、So, I love the、oh. sounds of the droid, the droid vehicles.、Mm. The, droid, the droids have great. They're fascinating. The, 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 the droid toys, I just love. But before, we should just have a little goodbye message. Oh, okay.、Um, so, <laughs> I feel bad now.、Uh, Why? <laughs> uh, well. I mean, we sat through 13 hours of Star Wars and,、mm. and you're done. You're just, you don't want any more. You've had enough. And you feel sad about that? I, yeah, I feel a little bit like, you know. I mean, I, I felt maybe you would enjoy it, and even the, even well, the prequels, maybe. I mean, I, I did enjoy it in one way or another, not, you know, the whole thing. I wouldn't say, oh. They're just so great and I love them so much and I really appreciate that. I think my lives would be missing something without seeing them.、Mm. Not like that.、Uh. Mm. <laughs> But honey, remember, I did, not, I did not grow up with them. So I have no emotional connection to them whatsoever. So it's not like you. Or、mm. other, you know, American people、mm. who、uh, grew up with them and, you know, have like childhood memories about going to see the movies with,、mm-hmm. 
your family members or friends and buying toys and playing with the toys. I didn't have that experiences. Well, I think I learned something like watching these with you then, which is if you take away all that other stuff, you take away all the hype and all the nostalgia, and you just look at them as movies.、Uh, just you know, just like the way you think about food. Uh huh. For me, it's always about what, like. The people I have the food with, the experience associated、mm. with it, you know, the smells, the senses.、Mm. For example, whenever、um, whenever I have chicken, I think about my mother because that's、mm. her favorite.、Mm. Even though like, she's not a good cook at all,、mm. <laughs> but you know things like that. So you've just been served thirteen hours of、uh, of a bland. A, a, a bland banquet. No, 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 honey. But you know what? Now I have a memory with you watching the movies. Because I mean, if if like you didn't ask me to watch the 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 original and then the prequels, I wouldn't. Hmm. I'm glad <laughs> that you know we had fun together watching it. And but now you haven't. You haven't seen any Indiana Jones movies. No. <laughs> oh no. no.、Yeah. Not Die Hard. No Or- Die Hard and no Indiana Jones. Nope. Well, I think maybe <laughs> we can do something together. <laughs> Lord, we're together. Well,、now. we'll see. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Ken.、Um, you know, it's funny. I really thought about different things as I listened to that. One is. I don't think you can knock Hayden Christensen for his acting or Jake Lloyd. Just think about this: the prequels made Samuel L. Jackson into a bad actor. I mean,、yeah. Samuel L. Jackson is a fantastic actor. He was wooden. When you have nothing to work with, they're standing on green sound stages doing this. And it's probably the only direction from George is like you're a very like serious-minded Jedi. You take everything very seriously. There's a giant monster behind you. <laughs> <laughs> But if I don't think you can knock any of the actors in the prequels, they did the best they could. And by the、yeah. way, Liam Neeson handled it better than anybody. He was fantastic in the Phantom Menace. I still think he totally、uh, outacts everybody in the Phantom Menace. He's like, yeah, he totally becomes his character. He's got that, you know, that stage training. Yeah, he can work. He can work in a dark room and just hear his voice or something. But it would be amazing. <clears throat> Even、uh, Ian McDermott, who's,、uh, if I'm saying that right, the Emperor. Yeah. I mean, he he's a fantastic stage actor. Yeah, he does a great job. He's he's wonderful. And you know, there's a lot to be said for growing up with Star Wars and just seeing it for the first time. But I will say this: I showed Emma the original trilogy when she was very young, and the prequels. When you're at that certain gestation age, you know、right. things. I can tell you, when I saw The Force Awakens the second time, I started to well up and get teary eyed even more than the first time. Yeah, same here. The first that whole Millennium Falcon scene when we、yeah. first see the Falcon again. And the, hear the sound of the falcon. I started getting very emotional there. Like 
I thought I was going to start weeping. There was something about that childhood, you know, yeah, yeah, along with there. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean without it all, the films aren't. I mean, it'll show you without that nostalgia, the films are still entertaining because you were entertained in the first place. But uh, I, I don't feel that nostalgia with the prequels. No. And you can't tell me like you should even ask your wife, Ken. Which is better, the original trilogy or the prequels? I'd be curious to hear that. And I'm not talking about, like, which is better, the effects and everything. Because, yeah, the original trilogy is dated. I'm talking about story-wise, characters interacting with each other. Did you care more about the original trilogy characters than you did the prequel characters? She even said, Mm. I don't care about any of these people. Because you don't, you know? The only thing... The only... We care about Obi-Wan Kenobi because we know him as Alec Guinness in the original trilogy. We know who he is. But, I mean, poor Ewan McGregor, he did what he could with the role. Yeah. Um, I cared about Liam Neeson because he's Liam Neeson, and I love Liam Neeson, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, Yoda didn't even feel like Yoda in the prequels, you know? No. So, so. Uh, there's a lot that can be said about it. The Force Awakens made me feel like Star Wars was back. Yeah, it was alive and breathing it again. It was alive. It was a living world. Uh, that Jakku was a place where you could would, only get by scavenging. Would the prequels have been any different with practicals? I, I don't I know. Just, I mean, I know a lot of... A lot of the prequels was George Lucas like, I can really cut loose with this digital technology and show people what we can do. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of it was that. A lot of the prequels was George booking new movies to come to ILM to get their digital technology. Am I right, Bill? Yeah. It's showcasing what they could do. And sure, a lot of it's amazing, but if you go back and watch... But you would do that with... You should do that with... Another movie, not right, right. a good movie. Well, yeah. If you uh, go back and watch A New Hope, it still looks fantastic. If you watch A New Hope with all the digital shit, it looks so dated with all the oh, digital it's awful. stuff. The di- that that job of the hut scene is god awful. It looks like Drake's fortune from the PS3. <laughs> yeah. It is so bad, Bill, isn't it? Well, it's jarring the way and how he. St- just in how they tried to use the old material, do you remember how how proud of himself he, uh, George Lucas yeah. was whenever he like figured out? Well, there's this scene where he walks behind Jabba, yes. and we need to we really need to use this. So let's let's see him walk on Jabba's tail. Do you remember this, Bill? Films are not finished; they're just abandoned. Yeah, that's he loves to say that. Yeah. So. He abandoned Star Wars, but he returned to it to fix the things that were wrong. Well, it's still not finished, then, according to him. (laughs) He's abandoned it a second time. I can't own the Blu-rays because he ruined them. And now Star Wars has abandoned him. (laughs) Yeah, these aren't the films that I'm looking for. I was looking for the originals, you know, the untouched versions. You know what's so funny, Bill, is that story came out about uh, George Lucas calls Disney white slavers. Oh, God. <laughs> and, you know, I was at the car place waiting to get my oil changed, and I read that. Like, uh, George Lucas says he sold Star Wars to white slavers. And I'm like, I'm not going to react to this story, the headline. I'm going to read it. 
to see what he said. It was based on a Charlie Rose interview. And one thing I've learned from George, we all have, if you stick a microphone in his face, he's going to say some stupid shit. He yeah. he does. He always does. Okay. For one thing, he's, he's totally, he's never been in touch with the audience of Star Wars. In fact, I think he despises the audience of Star yeah. Wars. He says he just wants to cash their 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 checks and he says people this is you know me paraphrasing but he basically says Star Wars isn't about spaceships it's about the family a family drama and I'm like George we get that we know it's not about spaceships do you think we're stupid and yes he does he thinks we're yeah. stupid that nobody understands what his story is really about no that's what we fell in love with the story of Luke the hero and Han Solo Leia and all that we love the characters we don't give us yeah we like the Millennium Falcon but we're not all about the ships when we're little kids yeah we're about the ships and the toys but we've grown up we yeah. want the story we want the story yeah. to be good uh, and uh, I just think he's kind of out of touch there. And basically what he was saying is he viewed the Star Wars films as his children. They're my children. And I sold them to basically, you could call them white slavers, white slavery. He sold them into slavery with Disney. And he kind of goes, <laughs> and then he kind of stops himself. He made himself chuckle. He was making a bad joke, which I call a dad joke. That yeah, literally, really awful joke. If his kids were in the room, they would have went, Dad, you can't say that. If my dad had a microphone in his face, I guarantee you he'd offend somebody. <laughs> you know? So uh, that's all I think about that. Yeah, that's pretty much all there is to think about it. Yeah, pretty <laughs> silly stuff. But uh, that was very interesting. I'm glad you did that, Ken. Um, I hope you enjoyed The Force Awakens. I hope you weren't too uh, analytical there. Sure, you can be analytical, but what I'm saying is I remember uh, Ken talking about, like, how did they build the new Star Destroyer so soon after the first one in the Star Wars? I'm like, okay, duh, come on. Wait a second. We no. Didn't, they, they just did. You know, I have no idea how many years passed between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. Do you? Who's to say it wasn't already... You know, so I'm saying in, in the neighborhood the, of 20 plus years. On the other side of the galaxy, they might have been building it already. You know, like, yeah. we, what are we going to fly this Death Star all over this huge galaxy? No, we need multiple star, you know, Death Stars. They just don't talk about it. You know, you could nitpick things like that, I guess. But I'm just saying I don't, you know, yeah, um, there's no need to. And I kind of liked the look of the not-completed Death Star. I thought it looked pretty badass-looking, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, Bill, I don't know. Should, do you want to do some DVDs or anything like that? I was just looking to see what there was, and there's there's only one release next week. Oh, really? What is it? The Martian. The Martian with uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon! Did you see that, what was it, the Golden Globes, they entered the Martian in the comedy category? Oh, my God. What? It's under comedy. That's so far from comedy. Wow. And Oh, uh, you know what I tell you? There's one more release. They're, they're putting Sherlock the Abominable Bride on Blu-ray. The Abominable. Abominable. Do you guys remember that old Steve Martin thing where he's like a reporter and he's trying to say Abominable. And he's like, he does it forever, but I remember that being hilarious. But It was hilarious. A bomb and a bull. Abominable. 
But uh, I enjoyed that. I saw some people shit on that episode, but it's a very cerebral episode. Then you yeah, got, you got to watch it twice, man. It's I'm telling you. It's a dive you. into Sherlock's head. There's a lot it's of on-the-nose stuff. There's, I, I, I loved the Reichenbach fall scene. Yes. Uh, it's just there was a lot of really wonderful screwing, screwing with his head stuff. That was, uh, it was, it was a mind palace episode. It, it is very jarring the first time you see it, where all of a sudden it snaps to present day, and you're like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And then you kind of have to catch up to it. But um, I watched it. Uh, Heather fell asleep. It was real late at night. I was like, oh, yeah, the Sherlock came on. And it was the wrong time to watch it because it's like 1 a.m., you know? Oh, my God, no way. <laughs> and no. I got all the way through it, and Heather fell asleep in like the first 10 minutes. So the next day, she wanted to watch it. So I sat and watched it again. I'm glad I did because it was even better the second time where I was like, I see what they're doing here. They're setting this up. Oh, I got this. You got to watch it twice, man. You really do. And yeah. that's that's not a knock against something. Sometimes you just need to watch certain things twice. Especially something as detailed. Mm-hmm. You know, they really, they really, really dug deep in this one. Um, and it wasn't – what I loved was it wasn't even about the story that took place, you know, in, you know, the, the past – Right. It was it was really all just setting up the motivations for next season. It was him coming to grips with how could someone who you believe to be dead be alive again? Yeah. And his brain is trying to compute that. And he does come up with a thing at the end that it's not possible. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's, it's not possible. You're obviously being tricked somehow. How are you being tricked? And that's what I love about it. But there are some hilarious moments in it, too. So, I don't know. Some people... I mean, I'm not other people, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, had no, I had no problems with it. Uh, Natalie and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I just realized that Mulberry is my mind palace, Bill. That's where I live in my mind palace. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to all go bowling and go play at the arcade when this is over in my mind palace. I want to go. I haven't been bowling in years. We drive past a bowling alley almost every time we leave our our house, and uh, we still haven't stopped there. You know, and every time I bowl, basically it's like this. I suck the first round. What do you call it? The first game? First frame? First frame. frame. Suck. Then when we play the second game, I'm really – I'm a lot better. I'm, like, warmed up. I'm good. Third one, my – wrist is fatigued and i suck again but you can get one good game out of me and it's i haven't cycle. been bowling since i was enormous and i remember whenever i would go to swing the ball i would hit a fat roll off, off the side of my body so i could never get an actual aim like it would just be like oh oh well uh, if you want to see like where it hurts your ears go to like a children's bowling party and they're all uh, like boom like on the ground it just kind of rolls yeah. over. and they do the thing where they they cover up the gutters where they can't get a gutter ball oh yeah bumper bowling yeah that's hilarious have you ever seen them use the um the like it's not a, a gun but it's like a ramp that they load the ball onto it, and you can press oh, a yes. button, and it releases it. And it's for little kids? Yeah, I want, I, I need that. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of aim it and push it. Yep. Yep. I thought they did that with the, yeah, children and with the special ed children as well. I've seen them use the, mm-hmm. 
It's yeah, usually like, for just someone who doesn't have the body to physically yeah. lift the ball, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I used to. I when I watch Ed, I'm like, I want to own a bowling alley. <laughs> it makes the sh- the show makes it look like running a bowling alley looks like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> bowling which, alleys are awesome. I don't know if it. Re- First of all, you know. No smoking in the bowling alley. You lose half your clientele there because it's all. Yeah. I remember that part in Kingpin. He's like, wow, it sure is intimidating to be around all these athletes. And they're all like eating <laughs> pizzas and hot dogs and have cigarettes. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so intimidating. <laughs> God, it's a great movie. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that's the show then, guys. I'm pretty all talked out, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I had a good time, though, catching up with you guys. Glad we could do it. Talking about stuff. You know, now that Star Wars is over, what movie are we looking forward to? I was trying to think about that. Do you want to see The Revenant? (sighs) Where uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is raped by a bear? (laughs) (laughs) My God. I heard that, yeah. It's like, no, he's not. He's mauled. Yeah. Mauling is raping, right? (laughs) No. But I kind of want to watch that. And I saw that on um, Amazon Prime, uh, Ex Machina is on there. Should I watch that? Yeah, it's a good oh, movie. Yeah. Well, there you got a movie with two Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens alumni. Yeah, I, I was thinking when a Domino Gleason, I'm like, yeah, he's probably Luke's son. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> yeah, General Hux. Wrong guess, Jason. You know, but you know, we threw a lot of darts at the board, guessing things. But I will say one thing that I did get right. I said on that one episode where after we watched the full trailer, Bill, I think. No, maybe it was the teaser. I can't remember. But we did like three Star Wars shows. I can't remember. But I was like, what if it was after we see Finn ignite the lightsaber? And it's like, oh, he's going to be the the guy the he's going to be the new luke he's going to have force powers or whatever and i was like what if it's a bait and switch where he's not what if it's actually the girl and they're just trying to trick us yeah Uh, Yeah. i was kind of right about that wasn't i yes you were and i love that they did that by the way i love it i want them to keep doing that shit where we can't figure things out yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh the next one. Um it's killing me that we gotta wait two years. Yeah, I've gotta get healthy and stay alive for all the Yeah, stars. same here. <laughs> it's motivating me to stay alive. <laughs> I'm kidding. I wanna stay alive anyway, guys, but you know what I mean. It's like when you hear about all these movies like all the Marvel movies like Oh god, two thousand twenty three, am I still gonna be around? And <laughs> Will I still want to watch it? You know what the <laughs> next movie is that I'm really looking forward to? Not any of, like, sure, I'm looking forward to the summer ones like Captain America and Silver, uh, yeah. all that shit. The one I'm the most excited about is The Nice Guys, the Shane Black film. Oh, it looks great. I'm just, I am so up in that thing. Oh, I just, Jesus. I want to see it so bad. Baby is soaking wet on her undercarriage. It's been raining outside, oh, I guess. Jesus. She's been out in the rain barking. She probably has dog pneumonia. But Bill, Go take care of your, your... Does she still have the weird snot thing going on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. She, she mostly does it when she gets excited. She's like... <laughs> but, Bill, I'm really excited about the new Shane Black flick. Definitely. Daredevil Season 2. I'm going to be excited about that when that comes out. Is that next month? 
it's yeah, it's like in March. I think the same time it came out last year. Oh, okay. But they showed. Did you see the dark? I mean, of course you saw it. The new Doctor Strange pick stills. Yes. Hey, he looks great in the part, Good. doesn't he? It's I, the Cumberbatch. He's Cumberbatch tastic. He can do no wrong. Yep. Even if he's uh, even in Star Trek. Yeah, I, he was great. For the people who hated the whole con thing, he was still great in the film. But <laughs> exactly. Cumberbatch is great in everything. I'll never forget when we went over to like a PTA meeting and Heather was like, oh, yeah, we watched Sherlock. Um, it's a group of women. And Heather goes, uh, yeah, I love Benedict Cumberbatch. And it's just like crickets. And she was like, do you guys know who Benedict Cumberbatch is? Do you guys watch Sherlock? And it was just kind of like. And then cut to like a year later, everybody knows who freaking Benedict Cumberbatch is. But at the time, nobody knew who he was. But he's he exploded, didn't he? He really did. The women's love him. (laughs) I'll never forget. Even it was most recently, I heard people talking. We were at the theater and we saw a trailer to. Did you know they're making a new Star Wars? Oh yeah, I saw that. And I was just kind of like, did a double take or like. Are you kidding me? This is the one where Chewy were home trailer, you know, and they were like, that's Ugh. the first time they knew there was a Star Wars movie when they saw that trailer. And I'm like, that's why they make trailers, because there's people yeah. who don't pay attention to this Well, shit. that's the other thing that shocked me was after the film, you know, both times I stuck around till the end, because that's what I do. And you got people going, man... I really hope they make another one of these. Yeah. And then the other guy's like, ah, they probably won't be for like another 10 years. I'm <laughs> like, are you, are you freaking serious? My, I'm not kidding. <laughs> My brother-in-law said, if they make another one, what they need to do. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If they make another one, they're already making it. They're making it's, several right now. <laughs> they've got the directors for the, all the Star Wars movies lined up already. Who? Um, okay, we know that Ooh. Gareth Ooh. Edwards, <laughs> Peter, Peter Brady, the time to change. Okay, we know Gareth Edwards is doing uh, Rogue Squadron, Rogue One. Okay, Rogue One. we know that uh, Ryan Johnson is doing Episode Eight, the uh, the uh, First Order Strikes Back. Then we know that. Colin Trevor. Oh, we know. No, wait. Uh, them the Han Solo one shot is happening by the guys who did the Lego Movie. Yeah. Then Colin Trevorrow is doing Episode Nine. Who's going to do the one shot after that? I don't know. I'm. Uh, who would you pick? I think they need to get. Uh, um. It needs to be a samurai. Jedi movie, and they could get the guy who's doing Takashi Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you remember that that uh, Zack Snyder was going to do oh, Samurai God. flick? Yikes! All right, I'm out of steam. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore, guys. <laughs> but guys, go to uh, nimpodcast at gmail dot com. That's the home to the show, and there you can find links to uh, previous shows and also. You can find us a link to the Entertainment Landfill Fan Club on Facebook. And also follow us each on the Twitter. 
Bill at Mulberry Bill, Stephen at PCZ Stephen, and I'm me at the J Street. <laughs> Stephen. Is, like, he always oh, lets man. people know when he's not home. <laughs> Steven is the least active Twitter person ever. <laughs> it's so funny that... Uh, I kept thinking, I'm going to do it once a day. I'll do it kind of... Uh, <laughs> I'll start off once a week. Just tweet at me and make me feel happy. At the Jaystrom, Steven. So you follow me on Twitter, okay? Do you follow me on Twitter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't sound like a yes, yeah. did it? It was yeah. just a sound. Mm. <laughs> I'm being followed by super troopers, so nice. You know what I got followed by? Tazon Day. Sweet. Chocolate <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Tazon Day. And I was like, oh, this isn't really Tazon Day. And I was like, wait a second. Who would not be <laughs> who would pretend to be <laughs> yeah. I think he's got a verified Twitter account. Yeah, he does, and it was the verified one and the I was Tazon Day. I felt really special. The last time I saw Chase Zonde was on Triumph, uh, in Triumph. Jack and Triumph. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what their best friends that are always at their house are? Uh, it's Tay Zonde. It's um, uh, Leonard Malton was there, yeah. and also <laughs> oh the one of the uh, Backstreet Boys guys. What is it? Joey Fatone. Joey Fatone. Fatone yeah. So those are the guys who hang out with Triumph. <laughs> Later, Malton Tazonde and Joey Fatone. <laughs> I just like that eclectic group of friends. And all he does is insult them, too. Yeah. But also, guys, if you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash landfill. And I'd like to thank all of our patrons. And thank you guys so much for supporting the show. And uh, it's 2016, guys. It's a new year. We're going to do a lot of fun shows. I watched a movie suggested by one of the patrons. Oh, what was it? The Tim's Vermeer. Oh, oh yeah. That, great, great documentary. last night. Oh, so, what did you watch it on? Just cable? Or? Yeah, it was on cable. What channel? I don't know. Showtime. What is, what is this? An interrogation? <laughs> did you really watch what, you Tim's Vermeer? It was on, huh? it was on uh, it was somewhere. Yeah. I'll do a search for it. How's that? You, you're holding a lamp in his face. <laughs> I, what finally, channel was it on? I finally um, recorded. I got the movie that I've wanted to see for years now. And it's called. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the vampire documentary movie. Um, we live in the shadows. Oh, yeah. The uh, the flight of the Concords guy. Yeah. I remember. uh I remember um, Rick telling us how f- hilarious it was a long time ago, and it's finally come on HBO, so I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch that bad boy. <laughs> so hopefully yeah, by I'll the watch that Yeah, too. the Tim's Vermeer was pretty cool. It was very interesting. Well, yeah, it was amazing t- the way that light box yeah. shit worked. <clears throat> I'm going to watch it, guys. You have not seen it? No. Okay. I it was only on And it's a Penn and Teller documentary. It was the Encore Showtime. It's up in that region also i want to announce steven finally finished season two of chuck on yes. blu-ray that i loaned him a year ago two years ago oh yeah a year ago <laughs> i finished that season one a, two years ago you watched season one really fast right and right. then it took you a year to watch season two 
I, it was a daunting task. I looked at it, it was like, 2,500 episodes. Uh, what? 22 episodes, yeah. yeah. It's literally, to get through 22 episodes of a show, you got to just binge it all day long. I remember... How- I, would bin- I binged a disc, and I was just like, I had to clear my head. And I had, I had all this stuff uh, saved on my DVR as well, so mm-hmm. it's... It's like, okay. I'll never forget Heather and I binge-watching all of Alias, Bill. Do you remember that? Oh, gosh, yeah. I can't even tell you how many times I did that. Oh, that's such a great show. Well, for a while. For a while. <laughs> Till JJ it, it, it hits a, there's a couple speed bumps there. The first two seasons are fantastic. Yeah, the third season's where it kind of goes off the rails. It's kind of like, okay, I'm still watching it. Uh-huh. And then season four, it's like, oh, you can tell it's ending soon. They're going to wrap this shit up, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, the first two seasons are are quintessential must-watch. Oh, it's addictive television. You know, that's J.J. Abrams at the height of his TV powers, you know. And then, you know, he started making movies and then... But you said TV powers. He's got tuberculosis powers? TV. (laughs) 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 I think he's... uh, I like the way he tells stories. I really do. Yeah, he's great. And uh, people who shit on him, go ahead. I don't care. I'm sure he doesn't care either. He ruined Star Trek. Did he really ruin it? I don't know. I watched him. Star Trek need ruining. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Guess what? The guy, Justin Lin, who did Fast and the Furious, now he's doing Star Trek. You guys happy with that? (laughs) Yeah. They're like, shit, I want J.J. Abrams back. <laughs> that freaking trailer made my head explode. Just <laughs> like, oh my Oliver God. Megaton isn't directing the Star Trek movie, okay? Yeah, Jonathan Frakes. You could have had Jonathan Frakes, people. <laughs> <laughs> really? You really could have. Yes. But guess what? Say what you will about Star Trek Beyond. I'm going to be in the theater watching it when it comes out. Yeah, I don't know. Do you guys, after, we'll after Fast <laughs> and the Furious 6, as before Paul Walker died or whatever, uh, I, after that movie, I think we talked about it on the it's show. After uh, Tyrese Gibson was killed. <laughs> no! No, but after the sixth one, I said on the show, he's going to do something huge next, either a Marvel movie or something like that. He's going to take over a huge franchise because I think he's got the chops. He's got the Star Trek really count. (laughs) I really, it would have been better if he did a Marvel movie. He has to do more than one. Okay. One more thing before we go, guys, the Batman versus Superman trailer. I'm on board until the creature shows up at the end. Yeah, I'm not on board at all during that trailer. <laughs> that trailer is one of the worst. Like, I'm watching it going, wow, this just feels soulless and boring. Well, and- uh, here's my... I don't even care that much. Like, I'll go see it and everything. But isn't um, uh, Jesse Eisenberg acting like the Riddler, not Lex Luthor? Yeah, and it's yeah. like the... the- on the roof with Lois Lane. He's like, oh, psychotic. It's a big word for little minds. He's so not acting like, oh. like Lex Luthor. He's acting like the Riddler yeah. or the Joker or something. He He's acting like Lex Luthor ass. if Lex Luthor had ADHD. Right. And if they're trying to make it real world and stuff, I guess, like, uh, oh, Lex Luthor, he's got Asperger's or something. It's like, oh, okay. No, uh. he's just an asshole. <laughs> no, he's just an asshole. But I don't know. I'm serious about Because, you know, we're some of the only people that liked Man of Steel, so. I love Man of Steel. I just, I, I don't but, know. We'll but, see. 
Even Ben Affleck seems bored. I mean, usually <laughs> I like I get sick of all the comments and stuff when when the Doomsday shows up at the end, he does look like a Ninja Turtle. He does. <laughs> the Michael Bay produced Ninja Turtle movies. And okay, you know, that's cool. But uh they announced also that uh Rocksteady and Bebop will be in the next Ninja Turtles bill. That trailer did you see the trailer? Yeah. I was it made me giddy because I was I was not the Eastman Laird comic guy. Right. I was the Saturday morning cartoon guy. Right. So that trailer hit all those buttons for me. I was like, oh my god. Finally, an actual Saturday morning Ninja Turtles movie. I mean, like, it's cool that they're kind of they're putting that in there for those fans of the cartoon. Well, it, I think they realized how bad they effed up on that first one. They they need to make it for kids and want kids to buy the toys and stuff. It shouldn't be like, let's do gritty Ninja Turtles, which, by the way, probably be the film for me. But I realize the audience isn't for me, though, for right. Ninja Turtles. Well, if I, you know, I thought the TMNT, the, the, the CGI animated thingy-majigger was a good relatively gritty Ninja Turtles movie, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I liked it. It was fun. I remember watching it several times and with Emma, and then she was like, um, no, I like the... Uh, she liked the the cartoon, the television cartoon Ninja Turtles better, where they had the letters on their belt buckles and stuff like that. Oh, the newer one, yeah. No, no, the old one. Oh, the old one. Because I bought the Heroes in the Half Shell. I bought her the DVDs of that. Oh, wow. Nice. And so she's a fan of those. So she'll probably eat the sequel up. Yeah, we liked... Uh, I mean, that's a general term. I tolerated the first one. I mean, Heather and Emma liked it. And... The one with, um, uh, like, the Shredder... Yeah, the Transformer, Megan, the Megan Fox one. Yeah, the Shredder was ridiculous in the movie, <laughs> and I still think the turtles look ridiculous. But it was an entertaining movie. The, the noses was, bother me. Yeah, yeah, it does me too. And the their appearances bother me, but it was an entertaining film. I guess I totally forgot about it when I left, and I haven't yeah. seen it since that theatrical turn. <laughs> like, I don't even know if it's been on cable or anything. But yeah, never, neither have I. I haven't seen it. I never watched it again. But. Uh, who knows? We'll probably like. I think we saw the first one, like the matinee. They don't really do matinees anymore. It's like instead of seventeen fifty, it's fifteen fifty. All right. Yeah, now I'm all about the early bird. I go with the old people, and it's like seven bucks. It's like, oh, let's go see the Star Wars movie. Ten a.m. Heard it's really I've been good. awake for ten hours already. <laughs> down, it's I'm, too loud. I've been up peeing since 2 a.m. Um, Emma got to see the part she missed the last time because uh, she she was like, I got to go to the bathroom, but it's okay. I saw this part last time. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> That's what you got to do. That's why you see movie multiple times. You have to get up. I have a terrible time with movies and bathroom time. Like, I can't get through a movie without having to get up and go to the bathroom anymore. I tried to do it, but sometimes by that third act, I'm like... I fly on planes, so I'm pretty good at... Uh... <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, screw it, I'll be right back. 
All right, guys. I want to thank our uh, patrons, and then we're going to go. So I'd like to thank Jason Schwinchok, Xavier, Adam Howard, Jennifer Morris, Darren Finland, Paul Ty, Tom Aresto, Brian, Rick Lidster, Sean Uioka, Hodor, John Waltz, Ken Proventure, Bill Lochter, Adam Sexton, Carl, Slade Bailey, Brandon, Nathena Lewis, Kelly, B. Sly, Ross Pony, Mike Metcalf, Mark Anderson, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> that was kind of like the a drawn-out one. Steve S- <laughs> Wiley. I just want to call him Swiley. It's so weird yeah. to say his whole name. And Swiley, thank you guys so much for being patrons of the show and supporting the show. And 2016, we're going to do a lot more episodes. It's going to be fun and stuff like that. Bill, we got to somehow... I decided uh, it was on New Year's. Ghostbusters 2 was on. And I was like... I want to do a Nim movie mini of this and trash the shit out of this. Oh my god, yes. I would have a blast doing a Ghostbusters 2 movie mini. And I remember I just said, this movie's terrible. And Heather's brother's like, what? Ghostbusters 2 is not terrible. I was like, yeah, it is. And he was like, why? Tell me why. And I was like, because it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Just forget it. I got to make notes for it and I'll let you know later. But. It's just a disaster. That movie is a friggin' disaster, and I must release that negativity out of my body, Bill. So we're yeah, gonna, I think it's needed. We should get on that. In 2016, we need to do a Ghostbusters 2 movie mini. We need to start. We need to do that Commando movie mini, especially for uh, Mike and Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> but also, Bill, we need to release our Ghostbusters 2 movie mini right when the Paul Feig movie's coming out. Yes. That's brilliant. Great. Good, good advertising. Good, good, good job there. Yeah. And who knows what that movie is. God damn it, Maggie. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, Maggie. She just dug her claws into my arm. Oh, my God. She's like, you're done, right? She's like, dishes are done, man. I'll give you some cat. Oh, I knew it. Do we have a drop of that, Steven? This is done, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yes, we do. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye, Steven. Bye, Bill. See you later, bye. See you, Jason. Later days, man. Pepperoni pizzas. Now this is podcasting.